This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, I think I think somebody's about to come walking through the door right about now. Hey, come on in, customer. It's time to see what we got on the shelves. <laughs> Odds and ends. Odds and ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for the formal introduction. You're the proprietor. That's right. Preston Elliott. That's right. Let's see what's on the shelves. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Also, a whole collection of Christmas lights are going to your fire. <laughs> Take a deep breath. You'll wake up in the hands of God. By the way, sometimes I, I don't tell all these guys what we're going to be doing <laughs> as I go into a segment. No, just I whisper to Casey. I'm like, odds and ends. We're going to do odds and ends. So uh, one more time, Casey, if you would, please. There we go. All right. Uh, I thought this was interesting. We do have some uh, thunderstorms in the forecast tomorrow and Wednesday. And I saw two things that were lightning-related Okay, uh, they did go you, together. Did you get a lightning storm yesterday? We, yeah. I, I heard rumblings. We didn't get anything. Last, we got one last night. It, it was worth watching. It was, it was slow-moving. Nick, I saw it from uh, the distance. I thought it was going to be dry. From, dis- from a distance. <laughs> God is watching us. God is watching us. I saw it while I was driving on 55 uh-huh. on my way westbound, actually northwestbound, and I was uh, scared that I was going to have to drive through it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're driving down a track, a, a, a particular road that's surrounded by woods, monsters, yes, and then lightning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the world record for the longest lightning flash has been recorded in Brazil. Wow. And it was a single lightning strike. Listen okay. to this. Traveled over... 440 miles. 440 miles for a single lightning strike. Yes. To give you some... How did they get the tape measure out that quickly? To give you some perspective, that is the equivalent to the distance from Boston and Washington, D.C. That's how big a single lightning strike was. Yes. Uh, This is according to the World Meteorological Organization, the WMO. Uh, So the strike took place on October 31st, 2018. The record for the longest lasting lightning strike was confirmed by the organization with an event in Argentina, March 4th of 2019. That lightning strike lasted 16.73 seconds. Think of that. 16 seconds for a lightning flash. To be staying stable. Illuminated like that. So That's I've seen unbelievable. I've seen branching lightning. You know, that goes off, obviously, it looks like a branch, as implied by the name. Yes. Uh, that seems to last a little bit longer. Yep. Um, and uh, there was a storm. Actually, when we had that power failure a while back on, uh, the storm came ripping through. It was on a Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. And the lights went out. There was a, a lightning storm later that afternoon that was of that nature. And you were seeing that kind of flash that almost looks like fake movie lightning yep. you know yep there uh so listen you guys know i'm scared of a lot of things yes uh, lightning one of them lightning is definitely one of them they and dust mites and oh, great now nah, just add another one to the list uh i watched the lightning storm that i was not as scared of because i was on the beach uh in ocean city now the the storm had gone over us and as it was over us yeah it doesn't I was mean anything terrified but when it went out over the ocean i was able to watch it 
and and I didn't feel as scared. And I wish that's how I always felt. I wish I could be that person who could sit on the front porch and watch a lightning storm. I love to do that. It's one of the things I absolutely love. Now, in in those cases, though, you've heard of the lateral lightning, the the lightning that will, um, where you may not be anywhere near what you perceive to be a storm or storm clouds. And it has happened. It's happened on beaches where people have been struck by lightning. A lot of people get struck in Florida. There's yeah. there's some uh, anomalous things that happen in that state with lightning. Uh, the WMO, a United Nations agency that covers weather, climate, and water resources, confirmed the record using satellite imagery technology. Well, they, of course. And not technology. So scientists published details of the findings in the American uh, Geophysical Union's journal, Geophysical Research Letters. Well, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. One of the most amazing things, well, it's actually happened to me a couple times, being in the air yeah. during a lightning storm. That's so neat. It landing? is unbelievable. It was mid- mid-flight both times. Okay, because... Uh, actually, more than... And in fact, one of the times, the time I've mentioned many times, where I saw St. Elmo's fire on the plane. We saw it uh, landing in Chicago, Steve, and it's, it's a little frightening. Uh, yes. But you have to set that aside knowing that you can't do a damn thing about it. If you're going to die, I want to go out like a Steve, Roman candle. Yeah. Yeah. Why were they showing a movie from the 80s? John Paul was sitting right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. It was cool, though. It was so cool. Right. It's underrated, really. Yeah. Uh, so when I watched the, um, the, the most recent NFL draft... They do a backstory on all of these young kids that are, that are, no, that are going to be drafted into the NFL. And I got to tell you, like 90% of them was like, and this person died when they were in high school or this per- And it was, it, it was somebody in their life that was really, really important to them had passed away. And the one guy, I want to say he was the guy who played for Penn State. Don't get, uh, don't quote me on that though. Dude, his friend got struck by lightning right in front of him. I just got a call from, or I got a text from Cecily Tiny. We should call her and get her on right now. She says the term of the, the term out of the blue came from the fact that lightning can strike when the sky is blue. Well, there we go. Oh, I said lightning can strike 15 miles away from a storm. Huh. So you just had what really, honestly, yeah. Let's get whatever called. The Cecily truth right of now. the matter is, we are never safe anytime, no matter what. Please be aware. <laughs> yes. You can just walk talk. into your car, a lightning strike in Argentina can kill you. Just heard Preston say it. It covers that distance. Be scared be all a, the time. Be afraid. No, yeah, but that is an interesting phenomenon. I just texted her. The hotline uh, number? The hotline number, okay. yeah. Okay, all right, so maybe she'll call him with more. But anyhow, so scientists say that, well, the previous record for the longest traveled lightning strike was 199.5 miles. That took place in Oklahoma in June of 2007. The previous longest-lasting strike took place from August 2012 in France and lasted 7.74 seconds. So these are much longer now that they have this equipment that can uh, uh, pinpoint that stuff. There is the phenomenon of what they call super lightning, which is super powerful. Um, J- Japan, I guess, in um, in the Pacific, uh, and uh, it's, it's more common, I okay. guess, uh, in, in certain parts of the world. But super powerful lightning strikes. All right, so when you're talking about this 400 miles, Preston, how much of that is the height of it and not just like the... Oh, I, I okay. don't know how they determine the distance, whether it was height or... You know, I, they I would, make a know. pencil mark on the doorway, Preston. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> scientists say that the space-based lightning mapping now allows them to measure flash duration and distance over broad distances. Uh, using next-generation satellites that continuously map lightning activity across North and South America, they were able to identify previously unobserved extremes that far exceeded the lightning record. So that's why there's so much of a difference now in in the previous records oh. that were being held. So, oh. 
Oh, somebody's oh, coming in? Oh, oh hey. <laughs> Cecily Tyler. Hey, from 6 ABC. Hi, Cecily. How are you guys doing? We're good. So, I can bother you while you're working. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, yeah, had you heard about these these records that, that I was talking about, this 400 and some odd long mile lightning strike? You know, I actually, I, I thought it was 15 miles. Uh, oh, you mean as far as long as a strike? Yeah, there's one that was recorded in Brazil. The the uh, World Meteorological Organization had announced that the, the with a single strike traveled over 440 miles. This took place in 2018. I mean, I can believe that because a lightning strike, you know, has unbelievable energy. Mm-hmm. I just think it's amazing how they can actually measure that as yeah. well. So yeah. they're using... Yeah, they were using satellite technology, I guess. You know, obviously, it's the only way you could, could – it's such a moment in time, you'd have to have that sort of eye in the sky to be able to, to, to catch that. But you're right. The amount of power unleashed is amazing, but I didn't realize it could go – Preston said basically the distance from Boston to Washington, D.C. That's astonishing. Yeah, you know, the atmosphere is an amazing thing. And um, actually, this past week was Lightning Safety Awareness Week. It's the 20th year that they've done that with the National Weather Service to try to explain to people that if you can hear thunder, you should not be outside. Right. That there is a lot, you know, people think under a tree or under an, there is no place safe outside. If you can hear thunder, well, you need to get inside right away. You have to admit, though, if you're in a safe place, if you're like a porch or <laughs> safer-ish, let's say. In a copper cage. A copper cage, yeah. Watching, watching uh, a lightning storm uh, is just an amazing thing. I remember being up in uh, in Wyndham, New York, and it was, it was it is, there's no fireworks display that can rival something like that. I agree completely. And, and while I'm here, I wanted to tell a myth. There is no such thing as heat lightning. Okay. People oh. will say, I yep. saw heat, yeah, heat lightning because there's lightning and it's on a hot, humid day, but there's no rain. Well, it's because what you're watching is a lightning storm at, at a distance, yes. far okay. away from you. And in the summer, a lot of times you have the isolated cell. So you have clear skies and then you have a severe cell. And the fact that the skies are clear, you can see it for miles and miles. And you can see the lightning, but you can't hear the thunder because light travels farther than sound. Right. So it, it whenever and when it, anyone says, "Oh, I saw heat lightning," I'm like, "No, there's no such thing." <laughs> Stop it! But there have been stories, as we've reported occasionally throughout the years, of, of someone who's just on on the beach on a, what appears to be a lovely cloud-free day, but from clouds in the distance, there's a sort of a lateral lightning strike, and they get hit. Well, that's, that's because if you ever look at the structure of a thunderstorm cloud of a cumulonimbus, it looks like an anvil. Right. And so the cloud top, the very highest part, sticks out. And it's so high that you can have sunshine, you can have blue skies, and you can have a lightning strike. And, again, that's how they came out with the term out of the blue. That's wild. And I, I, actually, I had that once happen um, on our property. We had some friends over, and they were outside. And all of a sudden, you saw the flash of light. And you heard the thunder, you know, at the same time, that clap. Yep. Yeah. And they ran inside, and they were all, like, feet. They were white. And they said, that, that, that lightning hit five, five feet from us. And it was sunny. It was a day like today. But there was a storm developing 
you know, like 10 miles away. Yeah. yeah. So, Cecily, obviously, you know, you love weather. It's your, it's your profession. It's your passion. Would you ever do anything like storm chasing? Would you ever go out in the Midwest and, and do the I, tornado chasing? I actually, I, I would. I think that would be, that would be exciting with somebody very experience um, <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't just go with a guy in the back of his van you know just... <laughs> hey, Casey, let's go you know um, you know what i would love to do um is be in a hurricane hunter aircraft oh yeah fly wow fly into the center of a hurricane like that's on my bucket list i would, I, would I, I agree i'd do that in, in a heartbeat because the guys who do it are good at it i mean when was the it, has there ever been I, I don't know to the best of my knowledge an issue with one of those cloud, one of those planes? I don't think so. No, yeah, I don't think so. They're, they're very, they're very experienced. Although there have been issues with um, tornado chasers, with storm chasers that that have died. Right. Well, you saw Twister. Those corporate meteorologists <laughs> made the wrong turn, and they ended up in the in the Twister. You got to keep your distance. There, there are there are vehicles though that they have designed, and I'm sure you've seen them, Cecily. That are, I mean, listen, a tornado gets on top of you, and it's 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 going to be problematic. But they do have special vehicles designed um, that are supposed to be more resistant uh, to me. And you've seen tornadoes in person, have you not, Cecily? I've I've seen the aftermath and I've seen the radar signature. You know, but here the tornadoes we get here are EF zero, EF one, maybe EF twos. The ones out, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, EF fours, EF fives, and it doesn't matter how big, you know, how how strong your car is, you will not survive. I, yeah, yeah, and these yeah. things lift houses up. Right, right. So, yeah. And cows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cecily, real quick, was it over 100 degrees in Siberia last week? Over 100? Wait, sorry, what? Was it over 100 degrees in Siberia last week? Did I see you tweet about that? Over 100 degrees in where? Siberia. Siberia. Oh, Siberia. Um, yeah, I think there... I, I'm trying to think. There, there was some kind of temperature record that... Um, that was broken. That's okay. pretty cool. Does yeah. this mean you're going to be water skiing Siberia now? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. You know, there, there, there is, a, you know, it's, it's not political, it's science. You know, there are, there are wacky things happening with the climate right now. You know, right. There, is, there is climate change happening and, and records are being broken. And and a lot of times, you know, if we if we do get snowstorms, someone says, "Oh, I thought there was climate change," and then I have to explain the whole difference between climate and weather. <laughs> right. And I explain it that that weather is like your mood that day. Right, your, your mood at the moment and climate is your personality, <laughs> and when I explain it like that, a lot of times people get it. All now, right, if weather's short term and can change. Climate is is the overall long term. Okay, I gotcha. All right, well, cool. Well, listen, for, thank you for the lightning facts. We appreciate I, it. Yeah, I was listening to you, and I'm like, oh, I know a lot about. Yeah, <laughs> we we, <laughs> we we have that on good faith. We we <laughs> seem to. There are all sorts of examples of you seeming to lo- know a lot about the weather. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. By the way, we we could have a few isolated thunderstorms this afternoon. Not widespread. Okay. But- when thunder roars, go indoors. <laughs> Good to know. I like you know that. Yeah. I, I tell the kids. I use your We use the app all the time. All we the love time. your app. Yep. It's, uh, it's it's the most accurate that I've used. Yes. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you, Cecily. Cecily, right. Canada, there she goes out the door. The oh, store. So It really is a good, I mean, that app with the uh, satellite. Oh, I, I am checking the radar all the time when it's it comes to weather. super accurate. Yep, absolutely. Uh, by the way, so there are a couple other uh, things that uh, that are related to this topic. Um, lightning-related deaths. So this is according uh, to, let me see, who did this? The National Lightning Safety Council. Uh, they reviewed... The NLS? 
some actually, NLSC. NLSC. Uh, some 418 lightning strikes that happened between 2006 2019. They show that 62 percent of deaths were linked to leisure activities. So more than more than likely, if you're going to get struck by lightning, it's why you're doing something leisure related. How much of that is golf? Uh, it doesn't say, but it, I, I don't think it's as much as you would think. Fishing accounted for the most. Yeah, because oh, a lot oh, of times yeah. when you're fishing, if, uh, uh, you're if say if you're out on the water, you're the tallest thing out on the water. Oh man! So you have fishing, being at the beach, camping, and C3PO cosplay, and farming or ranching. <laughs> Made up the largest portion of deaths. Yeah, there would stand to reason. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some outdoor activities can uh, drown out the sound of a storm approaching. And experts say the key is that there's, uh, if there's if if there's any threat at all, rumble of thunder, what looks like threatening sky. You need to get into a safe place very quickly. Like Cecily just said, who do you want to be go to, John? Uh, here? Yes. All right, let me go to John. Was indirectly struck by lightning. Hi, John. Good morning. Hey, you know, they say that cat Shaft is a bad mother. <laughs> Shut your mouth. But I'm talking about Shaft. <laughs> What's up, John? So tell us your story about lightning. Okay, so uh, I was working for a uh, sprinkler company, you know, on sprinklers, right? And I'm in one of those green, you know, where the valves are, the valve box, and it's full of water. And uh, it's a bright, sunny day, man, beautiful. You know, I'm just working along trying to get the, the one set of sprinklers to work. And I've got my hand down in the water. I'm doing an adjustment on the side of the valve, right? And while I've got my hand down in there, all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking down at the wall. All of a sudden, there's this flash that seems like it's right on top of me, but it, it wasn't. It was probably about 100 yards away or so. And uh, it knocked me right off of my feet. I mean, right back. And I ended up rolling down the hill of this uh, the front yard. You know what I mean? So, So did you sustain any injuries from that? Well, basically, my it was my right arm that was in the water. Right. So my whole right arm up to my shoulder just felt like one big giant muscle spasm. You know what I mean? Like sure. When, when you get like that cramp or whatever, like a Charlie horse or something in your leg, you know, <laughs> the whole thing was all tightened up, and I, and my heart was beating about a hundred miles an hour, but. I wasn't, like, hurt or anything, you know what I mean? I was yeah. able to... Wow. So, John, the, the, the lightning must have hit the ground and then conducted through the ground and through the water that you had your hand in, and that's yeah. what happened, correct? Yeah, that's what I figure. I mean, if you were probably just, you know, obviously I was standing there. I didn't feel it in my feet. I only felt it where it came up through the water, you know what I mean? It was a pretty crazy feeling. And, you know, it's probably why I'm still so messed up to this day. <laughs> well, dude, you dodged yeah. a, a yeah. bullet. We actually had a guy come by here who had been yeah. hit. The the, the uh, electricity conducted. Was it out his back? He had the marks on his body. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Zachary yeah. Yeezy, his, uh, his son, or I'm sorry, his father or mother, I guess, just texted in. You guys met my son, Zachary Yeezy. He was stuck, struck by lightning in 2007. Oh, yeah. I re- yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, mm. it was wild. Yeah, so yeah, that could have well, been you. Lucky, I mean, yeah, very the, lucky. The doctor told me I was lucky he said... That if I had been reaching in with my left hand, that it's possible it might have went, like, right to my heart and just forget about it. It would have shut me off oh, like wow. a switch. Wow. All that's right. Crazy. That's that's a close one. Thanks, John. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, wow. thanks. All right. Uh, so it is, and like Cecily said, there's some storms coming uh, this week, so keep that in mind. All right. Uh, let me see what else we got here in the store. Come on in. Let's we'll see what we got here for you. The shelves, the shelves are full and... Preston, proprietor is happy to see you. We had celebrity guests today. Don't usually have that. No. <laughs> Gotta admit, it's a little boring at the store today. It is. Uh, but how about this? Ninjas. I get Listen, you a little light, more excited. I'm just getting lightning and ninjas? Yeah. That's a twofer. 
Uh, Japanese university is awarded the first ever degree in ninja studies. I would I would love that. Masters student. And it's it's something you can use to get a job. Uh Jinichi Mitsuhashi spent 2 years examining historical documents on the true nature of the stealth fighters while perfecting his martial arts skills. Welcome to the class on the ninja. Uh he also bought a wooden two-story house in Iga province, the birthplace of the ninja, and cultivated rice and vegetables on the land. Uh, Are you fascinated with ninja and the, the ninjutsu uh, and the whole philosophy? I don't know enough about it. Um, not I know really. they invented square dancing. Okay. <laughs> I think I so. That. Little known fact. Yeah. <laughs> Ninjas invented square dancing. But you could never see them because they're, they mastered the invisibility. Right. So even they had problems bowing to their partner and bowing to their corner. Uh, he said, I read that ninjas worked as farmers in the morning and trained in martial arts in the afternoon. With this combination, I thought I could learn about the real ninja. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mitsuhashi was one of three students to enroll in the master's degree at Mai University's International Ninja Research Center. He attended the graduate school three times a week, wrote a thesis on how ninja managed mountain forest in huh. Iga between the 17th and 19th centuries. And after completing his course in March, Mr. Mitsuhashi moved on to a Ph.D. program and hopes to connect visitors to the area with the local community. They had, so I, I, I read a couple books years ago on the ninja and the um, weapons that they designed and the art of um, confusion and deception and all of these tactics they employed. Uh, and it's fascinating. I mean, it's very elaborate. Uh, his professor, uh, Yuji Yamada, described him as a real role model for uh, graduate students who study ninja uh, because of the way he blended in with the local community. Blended in blended like they couldn't in. see him. Uh, however, How do they take attendance in that class? Uh, professor Yamada. <laughs> yeah, I was there. You were? Steve, you would say here, and then they throw a thing of smoke yeah. and then disappear. <laughs> Are you here? However, Professor Yamada also warned any prospective students that the course was aimed at learning about the ninja, not to become a ninja. Right. Ninjas are believed to have originated in the early 14th century when feudal lords hired mercenary spies to infiltrate castles to obtain information. So that's what they were. They were kind of like spies. Subterfuge. And uh, they would uh, they would go find out what they needed uh, for their the people that they were They would paying. dress as lightning. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which came first, uh, samurais or ninja? Samurai, I believe. Don't know. You do a quick check on that. I'm, I am fascinated by the various warriors of different cultures, like uh, the ninjas and Ro Roman soldiers and, and knights and things like that. The, the the people that were considered the warriors of those particular time periods and cultures. Yeah, yes. kind of cool. There used to be a show that my kids and I watched, and it was uh, man, was it the Ultimate Warrior? I think, and it would pit. It would take the uh, the historical. Uh, information that they knew about, say, yes. Vikings and the tools that they would use and the type of people they were, and they would use that um, that data to see if they could fight against ninjas and how they might fight uh, face off against the other or against the um, uh, the the Spartans or you know different the Mongols. Man. The Mongols, the Mongols had, were a part of it as well. They had a yeah. benefit because they used the longbows. Yeah, they were able to get greater distance, and, and they were able a tactical to, advantage. Yeah, they and were. They able also to, had laser guns. No, they did not have laser guns, but man, they were able to uh, fire off um, tons of arrows like yeah. really, really quickly. They also had this thing. I want to say it was called like the the beehive or something like that. They called it. It was essentially Fair these little. Um, they were almost like. Um, 
like bottle rockets. Really? That they would shoot in a big cluster and sort of like as a deception or a No, uh... they were they were weapons. Uh and so they they covered that. I forgot it was it was like Nest of bees or or something like that uh, was was the thing. There, there were there were mesobees, mesobees, <laughs> mesobees, mesobees. Bit oh honey, mesobees. Uh, uh, Crapload of bees. I think it was a mongrels. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Or you know, there were so many of those Shriners. stories that, that have gotten them all. It was all Shriners. That I've got, I've forgot, gotten them mixed up together. But that was a great show. That was pretty cool. I used so to I love am fascinated that show. with those, um, you know, the, those those people that were uh, that were considered the warriors of a specific uh, um, cultures, like the samurai. Do you remember the what ninjas. the what the ultimate determination was? As uh, uh, throughout time, outside of modern technology, who the toughest, the most formidable. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What makes a ninja a ninja? Because uh, I just thought it was the the outfit was one, right? Like the the whole all the the black outfit. Well, it's also the it's there there there's everything from being able to maintain um, to not be seen to 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 be clandestine to you got to take the class that that yeah. guy was offering. I mean that's that's what we're on about. Well, and by the way, Ninja Day is February 22nd, so next year oh, we'll, we'll okay. celebrate. Here you go. Here's some quick information Nick found online. Supposedly they were cell swords who performed uh, covert operations. Uh, assassinated people in the cover of darkness, but uh, they—I um, think these are there are some myths that they need to clear up. Says um, the storied mercenaries are kind of fabricated. Ninjas, as we know them today, did not actually exist. The word ninja comes from two Chinese characters meaning stealth and man. Uh, and medieval Japan had its share of folks who snuck into castles and embraced undercover warfare. Historical records show that samurai weren't above doing that. There's a lot more recorded history of samurai and uh, their association with the shoguns and protecting of um, different classes and stuff like that. So it seems like a lot of the ninja stuff is kind of mythical and samurai is more historical. Okay. All right. So they weren't quite what we believe them to be, but they they weren't... uh... There's you know, history, but it's not all yeah, legitimate history. Because usually when you see, a, like, a ninja in a movie, I mean, like, there's there's nothing you can do. I mean, the ninja will disappear and appear and yeah. kill and get out. Get and behind stuff. you. And it wasn't quite like that. Kill you. Make love to your wife. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have things, your children calling him daddy. Things like that. Yeah. But but the uh, the samurai were more like knights, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, were, yeah. they were, you know, they, they, they were, were the guardians. Guns. Yeah. They, they stood up and they were like, nope. Uh, he said, it could have happened, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Your head on my sword. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, there is a uh, there's a degree in ninja studies. Absolutely. I think that'll get you far. I have time for one more? Right. One last thing from the... Uh, this ball on the show. Why don't you reach up and pull that one down? All right. We're going to pull this one down. Uh, the U.K. is now... Have, the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom is now having to battle hordes. Of disease-ridden horse flies that are invaded, invading Come parks on. and gardens. I just saw something about horse flies. Um, I was watching that show Yellowstone, uh, and I had no idea that horse flies were actually a big problem for horses. Yes. And that if a horse has a horse fly on it while you're riding it and the horse fly bites it, that thing's going to take off. Yep. It'll buck. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the half-inch-long flies, which usually are found found in the country, have invaded. Hate those effing things. I hate them too. There's hate them, Casey. Like you and your hatred for sharks and things like that. Okay, horse flies. There's no need. There's no. Is need. there a case to be made that 
horse flies are land sharks? Uh, it's possible yeah. that they are indeed land sharks. Well, listen, they when when you have one land on you and you don't know it and you start to feel that sting, that yes. bite, mm-hmm. it's actually, it has these mandibles and they're kind of ripping your skin. That's what they're doing. They're not stinging. They're actually ripping a part of your skin apart. And those little efforts stay there. They stay there as they're doing it. Yeah. Like you've, what? And yeah. you, you know. What a bunch of How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I you hate, I hate freaking horsefly. And what I found also when, when we first opened our pool is that horseflies are kind of drawn to water. So uh, you have them in your area because your area behind you is sort of still farm area, yes. right? Yes. And does that farm, and I pose this to you, do they indeed have horses? Uh, No. What? They do not. They have sheep. You probably have sheep flies there. Yeah, probably. They're a lot more docile. But we don't we don't have uh they're more docile. Yeah. Uh we don't have any issue like they're not like bothering us all the time, but every now and then you'll have one that comes and you're like, yes, yeah, you're gonna yeah. die. You I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get you. Um so anyhow, uh so they have uh they have found their ways into the cities in the UK uh amid the lockdown, congregating around pools, ponds, and gardens. And uh, urbanites are feeling the sting. Unfortunately, the flies, which thrive in hot and humid conditions, are expected to multiply with the upcoming thunderstorms predicted in the UK. Yay! <clears throat> uh, some people who Do were, they transmit coronavirus? Who were bitten required hospitalization and a round of antibiotics. Okay, so I guess the ones over there right now might come with the disease issue. Oh, that's great. It says <laughs> the bites can also lead to cellulitis, which is a skin infection. Yeah. Uh, so who's who's got it worse? We have the murder hornets, and they have the deadly horseflies. The disease-ridden horseflies. I think both suck. I think they're equal. I'll take the horseflies. If uh, we could get them to war against each other. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The British Pest Control Association you know what the said about you. Uh, said literally, <laughs> they are designed to eat a horse. Their bite is both impressive and painful. They can persistently chase you at a flying speed of around 50 miles an hour. Are you telling me the average fly can eat an entire horse? And it will say it, and they say it will bite right through your clothes. No, I don't think so. Oh, uh, it has mandibles that can rip and tear flesh apart. So we're looking at a close-up picture of a fly doing exactly as you've said. They're using their rather formidable mandibles to yep. uh, rip into this person's skin, who is an idiot for letting this happen for a close-up photo. But yeah, yeah. I hate those things. I just can't stand them. Uh, so at least that's happening over there and not here. Yay. We just have the green heads down the shore. Yeah. They suck, too. Those are yeah. so much fun. All right. Uh, I believe we got a close-up shop. Close-up shop. Yep. Thanks Let for stopping by. your Christmas lights for your bonfire. <laughs> have remember, a good day now. Remember, we'll have uh, fresh stock sometime in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. So please come by. Uh, come by and use the telegraph anytime you need. All right. We're going to take a break and come back in a second. And some bizarre file stories are what we're going to get to next. So make sure you stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
There was a Reddit thread, and uh, sometimes they're stupid, and sometimes they're pretty good. Uh, let's see what you think. Which one is this? About this one. Well, it, they asked the question, what is so frequently touted as underrated that it has now crossed over to being overrated? Oh, I, I, I think I know where they're going with this. Okay. Sometimes things are culty and kitschy, and so many people jump on it yes. that it then becomes annoying. Yeah, or, like, like, too, like too much. Uh, I'll give you an example. Yeah, please. Local craft beer. Yeah, all right. I mean, I, I think it's still really good, and you can find great beers. Um, but but the whole movement was, I don't well, I'm conflicted I, on it because I, I love it. I, I think local craft beer is great for the beer industry. Can sure. I expand on? I think what you're what you're saying is that is that the um, simply because it's local beer doesn't necessarily make it great. Nailed it. But there are great local craft beers. Exactly. But, the, but they're not they're not talking about the quality of the beer. They're talking about. The people like going, the movement. yeah, going out to to try this local right. craft beer to support the local business has now become overrated because everyone's doing it. Let me go to a non biased opinion from uh, <laughs> Marissa here, real quick. Oh, you mean uh, local breweries in Chester? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> one that your boyfriend owns. Yes, um, no, uh, no. I think it means like there used to be uh, releases like Pliny the Elder. That you could only get at one brewery in like once a year for one week and people would stand in line and wait for it. Um, but that stuff has just become more accessible. And I feel like breweries have turned into like local pubs. See, now that is the very definition overrated to me. <laughs> of what? The people what? would go to this one location for this one mm-hmm. thing to stand in line for hours. And, dude, it ain't that good. Come on, man. Is there anything, an though, that you would think, now, there's, there's probably... St- when was the last time you went out of your way or stood in line for anything? Nothing is worth waiting in line a couple of hours for, <laughs> in my humble opinion. I'm, at, at I'm not disagreeing. Where I am in life yeah, now. Uh, yeah, right. it, Now, there was a time. Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I would wait in line for, you know, uh, hours for Four and a half you hours to see Batman when you, he came out. You slept overnight to get concert tickets. Absolutely. I've, I've stood in line for roller coasters for over two hours. Yeah. Won't do that anymore. Yeah, no, right. no. definitely not. Well, I have fast you're, pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even <laughs> buy a fast pass. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. You get right up front. Or just start sneezing and the line will clear up. But <laughs> well, Marissa, now. yeah, so it, it's more of an event. We're, we're here. We're doing this thing as opposed to, wow, that was worth waiting four hours for this beer. It's life-changing. Well, and it used to only be available at that one bar, but then suddenly as the years progressed and those breweries got bigger, it was available at six bars well, in one city. And all right, so in 1997, go. I got into the craft beer scene all right so i i was in on it uh i think i feel like on the ground floor at that time in this area in like delco or whatever there was john harvard which doesn't exist anymore iron hill wasn't even in delco at this point it was only in delaware and westchester and then like you had like dogfish head right. and then and that was it and now i mean you you can't oh yeah you, they're all over the place, they're all but over there, the but place. we we do and we do have a phenomenal amount of stellar oh, yeah uh locations but i think in general though just the assumption that because it is it's a great product we just happen to benefit from a lot of places that generate great product i was at a, a get together recently and and people brought beer and and uh so i'm drinking a you know a like a um like a Corona or something like that. And they're like, you sure you don't want one of these? I'm like, I'm a boring beer person. I'm thinking, don't. yeah, but come on. These, look. I'm, I'm like, stop. Yeah. Stop, stop it. now. I stop. like it. Stop now. Stop. This yeah. beer I'm drinking, I'm fine with I'm, it. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. Are you drinking beer again, Preston? I've never stopped drinking beer. Oh, I thought you said a few weeks ago. I'm drinking beer right now. It's in my coffee cup. I thought you said a few weeks ago that you cut back on alcohol to uh, to get yourself back on track. 
Uh, well, yeah, no, Bad during day. the week drinking, but uh, no, I mean honestly, there's there's drinker. with the family drinking, and then there's alone in the basement drinking. Right, right, right. Yes, um, there is. I have a four pack for you. By the something way, it tastes like. Pacific Oswald. Okay. Like. Marissa's boyfriend's... Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's amazing. Oh, I, there was a whole... Now, I don't drink, you know, but I uh, I got a whole selection of sampler, and we had company over, and they freaked out. It's top quality stuff, so it does support this notion. By the way, what does that name mean, the Larimer? Uh, the short story is... Uh, it's actually named after a person named General Larimer, and he's from Pennsylvania, and he forged... He invented the butt plug. Oh! <laughs> Yes, oh my God! God bless him. Gave me the punchline. No, um, he actually founded the city of uh, Denver. Oh, so it was like during the gold rush. He went westward. Okay. Matt started out in Denver, right? Yes. So he's from yeah. Pennsylvania. Started the brewery in Denver. He thought he was in Pennsylvania. And came back. There's okay. a, uh, a Larimer County in Colorado. Exactly. Yeah. If you go to Denver, okay. there's Larimer Street, Larimer Square. He's like yeah. the Billy Penn of Denver. Boom. Okay, there you go. Did not know that. All right, uh, and I'm going to go to some calls here in just a minute. Um, hmm. What was so frequently touted as underrated is now crossed over to being overrated. Uh, this is The Office, the U.S. version. Oh, man. So my, my daughter was a huge Office fan, basically watched every single season in a matter of, like, weeks. And now she hates it. Well, she's over it now. Yeah. Now she's on to the new girl. But, oh, the new girl is great. So, but, <laughs> but so, again, would, <laughs> she now, would she now be in that realm that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. It's uh, now too, too much. That's where she's at now. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a big not, not, not me, though. A lot of people flood. I still, it's a great series, but it's like, you know, it would be, I'm over it or, okay, I'll say it. I, uh, Led Zeppelin for me, I, it's a, you know, I, I'm, I over, overrated to okay. me a little bit okay. because I, gotcha. I, I think they're great. I completely appreciate it, but I'm like. It's almost it's almost too revered for my liking. We hadn't had that long ago. I forgot, Nick, what we were talking about. Uh, I mentioned the Beatles, and like a text came up said, overrated band. I was like, uh, wow, yeah. man. <laughs> That's a bold statement. Yeah. I think history has proven otherwise, but... You have your own opinion, yes. and when, that's totally cool. And when people share those opinions <clears throat> of how great the Beatles are, maybe that that in and of itself gets gets old, right? right. So, you, but oh, let me finish sorry, what yeah, I'm sorry. saying real quick. Um, the, the thing that I was going to say about The Office is what, for me, is overrated is people telling me how great the original Office is. because I That's so, overrated. Yeah, I, because I, it's, it's sure. not. I'm sorry. There there are language differences yeah. Yeah. that elude me. There, It is obviously brilliant. Ricky Gervais is brilliant. Yep. But this version is more attuned to a, a domestic sensibility. I agree a thousand percent. All right. So you can say something is overrated, but still like it, right? right? No, well, that's like, like, like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I, I think I, I, at this point in my life, after all the, the, the wealth of music that's out there, yeah. I, I think the adulation, you know, put upon it yeah. is not commensurate with where they really are, because, I mean, for me at least. Yeah, because I, I have, uh, you know, and I think this is a very, uh, uh, this is my opinion, but I still like these two things, okay? But I, I do think they're overrated. Bacon is overrated. And perfume. And no, no. that's underrated. Uh, Bacon is overrated. Foo Fighters are overrated. Wow. But I like them both. Okay. Whoa. So so this is, let, let me steer us back in a little bit. Yeah, and, I, and I do like this. I, I do like the fact we're just talking about things that are overrated, but... The question is, what was touted as underrated? Right. So frequently. All right, all right. Let's get back on track. Now yeah. it is crossed into being overrated. So so for the longest time, people might have gone, dude, The Office, that show is underrated. It's way better than people That's realize. a perfect example then. And then it took, and then eventually, Give us some it more. took on a life of yeah. its own. So we can get back on track. Uh, K-pop. 
Uh-oh. So, for yeah. the longest time, yeah. I would imagine there were fans going, you got to hear this. This, yeah. is, this is great. This is good stuff. This is totally underrated. And then it... BTS. But now it's taken <laughs> off. And Jungkook. It's over. I think when you, when you get to the point where someone's like, they're so underrated, and you're like, oh, okay, enough with this. I've heard that already. You know what I mean? Then that's when it reaches the point where it's overrated. Do you know, it's, it's so, there's the one song that I really like, but I'll tell you what I really like is all-girl band uh, K-pop. That's a whole nother level. Is that still called K-pop? I don't care what it's called. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's K-pop, but it's yeah. I don't. I don't understand the definition of K-pop. Is Korean it just pop. Korean pop? Korean music? pop yeah, so yeah, that yeah. would involve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would imagine uh, female groups yeah. as well. Uh, okay, let me go to some. Uh, let me go to some calls. I have Alice online. Hey, Alice. Hi guys, how you doing? Good. All right, Alice. What was touted as underrated so often it is now crossed into being overrated. Axe throwing. Axe throwing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, listen, I've, I've, go, I've done it. I enjoy it. I'm actually pretty decent at it. Is it because uh, it, it, it was a, it's a new thing that not a lot of people know about? And that, as it turns out, it actually is either fun or tasty or funny. No, it's because to, everyone's done it now at this point. It's not underrated. Well, yeah. and, and here's my experience with that. I, I went and did it, and yeah. it was cool, and I was good at it too, Casey. And, and I'm that, like, all right, I've done it. I've done it. That's yeah. it. I don't need to go back. I'm, it, it had, I yeah. didn't catch the bug. I'm like, I don't want to go back and do you it again. You want to start by your own axes and, and yeah. join a league? Yeah. Not like the indoor skydiving, which is where <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes, yeah. this is for me. This is my thing now. I'm doing <laughs> this. I have found my sport. <laughs> you and I purchased a flight suit. I did. <laughs> yeah. Sitting in my closet. You, uh, Preston, you and my girlfriend have something in common in, in that it, when you get into a hobby, you really get into the hobby. And and I don't, I'm jealous of that because you get really good at what you do. Um, but then eventually that fades away. And another example, I think, for you is escape rooms. You and your family really, really got into it. You got really good at it. And then eventually you'll probably find something else. All right. Is that something that's underrated that is now crossed into overrated escape rooms for, for you guys? No, it's still, okay. to me, it's Thanks, still, because I have not been able to dabble as much as have you. And I, I'm still fascinated oh, with the concept. So when you do one, it's still pretty novel to you? It, y- y- yes. Okay. Yeah. And so to me, it it, it hasn't uh, broached that transformation. Right. I got gotcha. you. By the way, Nick, speaking of yes, when I, when I do find something I like, not not only do I, I over-focus on it, I spend way too much money on it yeah. as well. Because I started to, when I, when I started doing these, uh, the, the drum video thing, I, I started buying equipment like crazy. Rochelle, from it was uh, you know Father's Day or something. She bought me a ridiculous amount of stuff for the the video equipment, and I'm, for like, the time. I'm like, oh my god! I hope. I, well, now I'm now I'm <laughs> now I, I'm, I have I'm to. obligated. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Too much money has been spent. How's you your wingsuit press, <laughs> dude? Ever since I injured my shoulder, I know I can't do it anymore, man. Um, but I'm hopefully going to get that fixed. And I, I would go back and start Listen, doing that again. There's, there's nothing wrong with embracing a hobby. And it, as Dr. Mike points out, you're not purchasing heroin. You're doing something that's actually fun, that's good right. for you. Now, is oh, that's a... Is heroin overrated? Yes. Big time. <laughs> big time overrated. It's overrated. Yeah. There was just this big buzz, and now it's so passe. All right, things that were considered underrated for so long that they now have become overrated. I'm going to go to Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hi, Jackie. So what do you want to add to this list? Okay, paint and sip, where you go paint mm. things on canvas and drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a trendy thing. Well, it's expensive. Yeah, man. and then now, how many canvases can you have? <laughs> yeah, seriously, how, what are you going to do with all of them? That's that yeah, is that's the, the thing you get thing, a lot like, of them. Axe throwing. You've you've done it, so it's now it's 
overrated because you've done it, you're over it, and mm-hmm. that's it. Let me ask you, is there an equivalent of Axe and Sip? Do they encourage drinking at the Axe oh, place? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah you can yeah. drink there. There's right. one at a, uh, um, a microbrewery, a local craft brewery down yeah. in Delaware, and it's a blast. And you can bring your own beer. A you can... lot of them are bring your own. Yeah. Right. As well. But okay. what I would like to see is you combine the painting with the uh, and drinking an axe throwing together. So you paint, paint this it? wonderful thing, you get oh, drunk, yeah. you hang it up on the wall, and then you throw axes exactly. at it. Exactly. That's an idea. You, get you don't have to take one. the canvas home with you anymore. Axe your axe. Axe your axe. There you go. I love it. Take but, a picture l- of a of a former uh, flame. <sighs> we have, we yeah. do have we nice like uh, decorations in our house as a result of board and brush. It just is expensive. That's a thing. Like you know, if you could get somebody to invest. She's in talking a- about the painting, though. That's different. Uh, what about butt to mouth? Well, she was saying <laughs> all of that stuff. Uh, you know, uh, the board and brush. The what is that called? Uh, painting Kat? with a twist. Painting board. with a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm writing down. Apps so these are apps. things that that can be more on a uh, on a on a personal level, I think, as well. You know, because like, again, I haven't done as much in the way of the escape rooms as have as has pressed about to uh, ask me anything. I, I like the that. Name of the company uh, as the name of the company. Yeah, the axe throwing where you can drink and uh, and then throw it at your uh, at your ex. I like it. All right. I like it. All right, hang on. Let me go to uh, Maureen. Hey, Maureen. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, oh, we're losing you. Oh, we're losing you, Maureen. What do you want to add to this list? Underrated, now overrated. The Tiger King. The Tiger King. Uh-huh. Uh, that came on as a sensation right away. It, it sort of was never underrated, I think. It, 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 if it was, it was just briefly, and then it just exploded. Right. And then here, here's my, my take on, uh, for my personal opinion on, on Tiger King. I was all in at the beginning. I was fascinated yeah. by it. We watched it in, you know, a weekend and I even dressed up and made a video mm-hmm. and did all this stuff. And now I don't think I could bring myself to go watch it again. again to be honest, yeah, it once was enough. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, th- th- these are actually two topics here. Okay. That, that mm-hmm. things that get burned out because, um, you know, and we we know people in our lives, Preston, who are like, you, you, they they just keep telling you something so much. Uh, <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I, now I hate it. I have, I have not even experienced it, and I hate it. All right, let me go to, uh, this makes a little bit more sense. I'll go to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. What's going on? Yo, good buddy. Talk. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, so what was underrated for so long, now it has become overrated. Jeeps. Jeeps is what he's saying. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought he said Jeeps. I've Jeeps all my life. I've always driven a Jeep oh. because it's a Jeep. Now everybody has a Jeep <laughs> because it's a Jeep. And it's so. So, I, Brian, I we we ju- we just bought a Jeep. We we relate to the party. We bought it last year. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But here's the thing: I notice. So, if you drive a Jeep, you wave to other Jeep drivers. Right. You were waving I I, constantly. I, I rode my motorcycle for years, and I stopped doing that because everybody started riding motorcycles. Yeah. True. And, so, and Jeeps are the same way. You're, I don't wave you're to waving constantly. You don't wave. No, I don't wave to anybody. <laughs> <You're Yeah. dead>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be worse. Chuck will. Chuck is. Uh, down the hall, he's a Jeep guy, and he waves to people even when he's not in his Jeep, like because he's a Jeep owner. <laughs> yeah, so he'll wave to other Jeeps. That just confuses people. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I just think he's lonely. Uh, so so hang on, Brian. So too many people have jumped on the bandwagon, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Too many people drive Jeeps just because of the fact that it is a Jeep and because it looks cool. That speak. You know, that I, speaks. I drove. I drove Jeeps because. They're cool. Yeah, Brian, that speaks to the thing about you found something. It's sort of your thing, and then it gets adopted by so many people that right. you, yeah. I, I, I got to let it go now. I'm moving on to something else. Well, you look at them as posers, I think, yeah. probably, Brian, right? I guess we lost them. Uh, listen, I'll tell you what, though. My God, are they fun to drive. Yeah. I, my wife, 
for like two years was like, I want to get a Jeep. I don't need a Jeep. We have this, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Fine, fine. Okay, let's get a Jeep. We'll get it. I try to take it from her all the time. <laughs> really? It is so much fun to drive. I had no idea. Are no you, idea. Would you get a companion Jeep? I thought about it. Yeah. She's like, why do you want to do that? We already have a Jeep. Yeah. So They're too loud, I think. Uh, I, when I you like... go out and ask her that question when she's sitting in the in the hedges with the binoculars <laughs> waiting, <laughs> waiting, waiting for us to get cheese. cheese. <laughs> Uh, soft tops uh, on a highway is just, and if you're going to be on a highway for a long time, it's just too loud. I agree. Have, have uh, you owned a Jeep, Case? Yeah, yeah. And I you was, didn't like I, it? I was, no, they, like they're fun. I just wouldn't want it as my everyday car that I would have to drive for. You know, if I was going down the shore. When if did I, you own a Jeep? When I was in high school. Oh, uh, no, I, I, had, I had a red I never Jeep. Knew that. Yeah, red Jeep. Dude, awesome. Yeah. This is a good distinction that the, that somebody texted in. Uh, there's a difference between overrated and cliche. And I think Jeeps have become sort of cliche, where okay. a lot of people have them overrated. You, they can still be great; they can yes. still be fun, you know. But but if they're everywhere, they become a bit cliche. Well, I think overrated implies it 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 does the the uh, the talk on it does not substa- is is not accurate. Yeah. So when something's over, it's not as good as we're being told it is. Right, which is why I don't I don't think Tiger King was overrated because I no. think Tiger King was great and really right. entertaining. It just got there was just um, it was I, everywhere. I think pa- passe or overexposed, overexposed, yeah. saturation, okay. yep. yeah. Let me go to Jeff. This is interesting. Jeff, good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. All right, Jeff. What was underrated now overrated in your opinion? Yes. I don't know if I want to say the brand name, but there's a certain uh, local water ice company that has uh, free water ice on the first day of spring. And I remember doing that in college. And I'd stand in line for like an hour and a half. And then you get up to the front and they give you like a Dixie cup of mango. And you're like, (laughs) okay, that wasn't worth it. Well, yeah, when yeah. when the next day you can go and buy it and not have to wait in that four hour long line. Exactly. Line. Yeah, Preston, when you were talking about waiting in line for roller coasters for two and a half hours, I was like, oh my god, that. So that's that was my first thought. All right. No, I, I can listen. Thanks, I, and, I, and I love I love their their. I happen to really 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 adore their their uh, custard. Yeah. And that for me is the money shot. But I think he's saying the waiting in line on and the yeah, first day. That, that hey, I gotta go do that. You you can mm-hmm. wait a day. Yeah, but, and go but, buy it. But if you and, and, and support the company. <laughs> and give money to the company. And the company's exactly. very charitable. Right. <laughs> so so knock it off. And you can go by there anytime, but and, and it, you know, you drive and when I drive past it, if I see any sort of line, I'm like, ah, not today. I guess it's gonna be tomorrow. You know? And mm. so I don't I just don't like waiting in any line. I'm gonna go to Shane. Hi, Shane. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock! Thanks, man. All right, something that's been that was underrated for the longest time, and now it's been underrated for a while. Now it's considered overrated. What do you think? I think it's Nutella. It's always kind of like been around, but uh, for whatever reason, like all of a sudden, it just popped. Yeah, the love has never left me. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, uh, uh, Shane, the, the Nutella is still tops. But I can see it was you couldn't elude Nutella for a while. And I could see where, at a certain point, people said enough. Do you, you don't like the taste of it? I, I like the taste of it. I just think it became like all of a sudden it just was like the new Reese's peanut butter or something. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. on yeah. menus at restaurants for desserts and things yeah. like that, where you never used to I see agree. that before. All right, can I add one in Please. this vein? Uh, yeah, sriracha. Sriracha. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You can't escape it. it. It's been around forever. Yeah, uh, and it was always just something that some people liked. Right, and all of a sudden it took off and it became the thing. All right, I got one, and I think it's a little overrated. Avocado. Ooh, oh. disagree. Yeah, I, I love hard, avocado. Hard I'm just, I, I'm, I'm over. It. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, I got you. I, you know what? I, I, I can never buy actual like 
uh, ripe avocados. <laughs> like I just Legally? don't. There's I know I don't know how to. There's a, there's a window. So usually, yeah. usually they're a tad bit firm yeah. when you get them at the grocery store, and you got about two days. And oh, if you yeah. uh, if you miss that window, did you see me squeezing when I said <laughs> yeah. firm? Uh, if, oh, yeah. Because you do have to squeeze them a little bit. And if you miss that window, yeah. you might forget that you bought those avocados. And then, and then they're and then they're you know mushy and yeah. It's an incredibly no small mushy. window, no mushy, and yeah. I can't I yeah. can't stand mushy. What is it's your like go- bananas when you buy bananas oh, yeah. and you you're you're waiting and waiting and waiting and the, you walk into the kitchen and, and you have plantains all of a sudden. Dude, I, ha- <laughs> I just bought like five green bananas, Steve, and it was all and I bought them on. Tuesday, they're already like brownish. Brownish. Bananas ripen very, very quickly. (sighs) Usually, if you buy green bananas one day, the the next day they're they're ready to go. What um what is your go to hot sauce if you have one? Uh, I'm not really a hot sauce guy. I mean, um, I'll add one or two drops of maybe you know like Frank's Red Hot or or um, uh, Tabasco. Frank's is good. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a hot sauce guy. Uh, by the way, a lot of people are texting this in, Preston. Yeah, let me go to this okay. call. I'll, I'll go to Charlie. Hey, Charlie, good morning. Delco. My man. What's going on, Casey boys? Yeah, we know. Yo, what's up, guys? All right, so uh, what was underrated now? Definitely overrated. Pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I still like it. Yeah, I still there. There are certain things I, I you know, um, a pumpkin spice latte is, is still pretty damn good. But I <laughs> it, but you're right, Charlie. And you knew when it had taken the turn when they started releasing all that stuff mid-August because it's too, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just too it's too much. Crazy, <laughs> crazy amount of stuff. Right, thanks, yeah. Charlie. You know what? I, I yeah. think. President Gina has, uh, I, I can see this as well. All right, I'll go to Gina. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi, Gina. Are you there? Tina? Tina? Hey. Hey, you're on the air. Do do feces, guys. Do do feces. I love it. All right, so what was once underrated, now overrated? Cell phone releases. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it used to be super huge, and then and then even the companies like Apple and and the you know, the Android makers realized that people are holding on to their phones because they're 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 fine, they're good. So to yeah. make a big thing, just release them, and and if people want to get them, they get them. It's yeah. it's making the, the the super huge thing is just too much. The the markets were flooded with phones. Yep, I agree. Thanks, Gina. Um, all right. We- we only have time for a couple more, but we only have a lot of really good ones coming up here. Uh, I will go to uh, Matt. Hey, Matt, good morning. Matt, oh, I'm oh. sorry. Let, let's try it again. Matt, you're on the air. Go ahead. What's up, guys? Hey, bud. The, the last call wasn't Gina. It was Gina. 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 Of course, Gina. <laughs> Pronounce that correctly. All right, what do you think? Underrated for a while, and now it's overrated. Cornhole. Cornhole. Oh, yeah. I ended agree. up everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so again, that's a, that's an example of <laughs> oversaturation too. Like I, I still have fun if I'm at a party and somebody busts it out or whatever or at a tailgate. But like when it's at everything, do you know the cornhole? Tired of it. Cornhole for me appeared to be something, and I don't know if this is accurate, but regional. Thanks, Pat. New York. I don't ever recall like out at events seeing a lot of cornhole being played okay. yeah. down here it was yeah. like all over the place do you yeah. think people get upset because now more people are playing and maybe you were good at it before and now you can't compete because everybody else maybe. is playing yeah there's i don't know there's like ownership on things like that too like uh we invented beer pong well no you didn't it was in every fraternity in the country but like some people think that they did right do you guys ever hear of uh polish horseshoes uh-uh. no, yeah okay. it's uh, it's billiards 
<laughs> no, it's kielbasa. <laughs> so I don't. Here's the deal, because I have it, and it's a beach game, and you play it with uh, with a frisbee and a pole, and and, uh, and you put a bottle on top of the pole. I don't know if it's called Polish horseshoes because of Poland, or if it's called Polish horseshoes because a it's horseshoe. on a pole. Oh, that's an interesting pole. Mm-hmm. Pole uh, several different names. Case it's also known as Spanish Spanish horseshoes, frisbeener, French darts, and beersby. That's probably still underrated. What, what, what is no it? one knows about it. Yeah, when no one knows about it, it's still yeah. underrated. <laughs> and it's awesome. So what you do is you, you put a – my Polish horseshoes came, comes with a bottle, right? And so you can do regular bottles. But anyway, it comes with a bottle that won't break or, or nick or anything like that. So you put the bottle on top of the pole, and you put the two poles uh, 20 feet apart from each other, and you throw a Frisbee at the pole. If you hit the uh, pole with the Frisbee, that's a point. Uh, if the bottle falls off, that's another point. Uh, but if the team catches the frisbee um, before it hits the ground, before it hits the ground, th- then that takes a point off of the scoreboard. And if, if they catch the bottle, that takes a point off the scoreboard. So you can only score points offensively. You can't catch it defensively. All you can do defensively is basically uh, mitigate the the points. We're watching it played here in the video, and it looks incredibly boring. No, it's it's fun. It's fun. Believe me. I used to like games like this. I don't. I don't anymore. I, no. Yeah, I used to like uh, what we call washers, which I guess is was yeah. it quoites oh, yeah. or quoites? Yeah. Quoites. It's it. We used yeah, to play points. look at the stick. And that uh, was a great game. When you're it. spending hours and hours on the beach, you need other things to do besides yeah. Look at the stick. <laughs> look at the stick on water sports. I can see that. All right, let me just mention a few of these. Uh, I'm not going to go to the calls because we got too many, and and we don't have time to sit here and uh, and break them down. But uh, tattoos. Mm. Denim vests. Denim vests. Was that ever a thing? Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite. Um, Has Fortnite passed? Right. I don't want to break it no. down. Break ba- it down. No. Banana bread. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You can either say yes or no if you want to. Uh, Game of Thrones. Mm, no, I love it. <laughs> Nerd culture. Brian's been on hold for a while. I, I think there's a case to be made if you're not. I we I feel that I have been a part of nerd culture since birth, so I feel that I have a particular level of ownership of it. But I think many consider it trendy to it to say they're part of nerd culture when they are not. Well, right. and when you've been a part of it, yes. the whole time. Like, listen, I'm I, I'm not joking about this, but like uh, sanitizing and like wiping down your airplane seat and your cart when you go to the store. That's now been with your COVID, thing forever. Yeah, that, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> so it's like like me with with nerd yeah. culture, it's like and I, I so I, I think Brian makes a good case. Yeah, but like hot people, you know, calling themselves a nerd. Why? Because you read comic books. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go with you on that case. The real nerd was one kind of getting picked on. Yeah. and was uh, you know really awkward and yeah. Fortunately, I was always big enough to uh, to uh, you know. To... That's why I don't think you were a real nerd. You like nerd culture. You know I always I mean? loved nerd culture. Was part of nerd culture actively, right? Yeah, right. I, I, but I was never set upon because of I, I never had to fight the fight. Right. right, I was never the Billy Jack of nerd culture. Uh, Peter says single malt scotch is uh un, was underrated. where do you stand on no, that? I don't like scotch. What so. about oh, bourbon? Yeah. Is bourbon uh, because bourbon's gotten really really popular? It did. Um, but you know what? It's been it's it's gone through phases. It was popular for a long a long time ago. There's all these cycles, right? Yeah. It was yeah, like exactly. vodka for a while. What then about tequilas? Molly? Molly? Yeah. Scissorp. Uh, <laughs> well, Scissorp was Justin uh, Bieber's drink of choice. Well, I think Molly came in and 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 really like kicked ecstasy to the curb because ecstasy was like this weird cocktail of a whole bunch of different yeah. things, and then Molly was like more pure. All right, a couple other things, and then that's it. Uh, jiu-jitsu. It uh, was very underrated, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, dude, this is all you need to know. Right. Uh, I, 
I don't know that it's overrated, but anyhow, this is somebody's opinion. Uh, van shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, vans. Yep, yep. Uh, avocado toast. So that's sort of my avocado thing, yeah. Beards. Underrated, now overrated. Uh, eggs on food, like burgers and pizza. I do not like. I do not like the egg on burgers. I don't think they add too much. I don't think I, so. I, I don't think you go. Wow, this is so much better now that I put an egg on. This it. really Dude. needed. You know, where you can say, "Wow, the onion on this," uh, you know, that's something. Mm. Dude, the burger is fine by itself. Uh, and then uh, knock it off, <laughs> Kathy Rose. Well, okay, uh, yes, ev- everyone's drinking it now for sure. Um, but me personally, like, it happens to me every summer. By the end of the summer, like, I'm at the point right now where, like, I don't even want to look at a bottle of rosé. I've you. had enough of this. <laughs> what? I'm so sick of rosé. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what's overrated. However, if there's anybody that's still selling high noons, please email <laughs> okay. me. Well, how about this, Kathy? Just the saying, rosé all day. Yeah, yeah, like on the T-shirts and stuff. I, I hate it. That's played. Give yeah, me yeah. the champagne that does have no words on it. <laughs> I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. All right. Anyhow, thank you. Interesting discussion. Discuss amongst yourselves yeah. today, if you like, at the workplace, wherever you may be. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip up to seven times a day. Starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10 and noon, then 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play one of your favorite Preston and Steve clips. Where are your sausages? And also give you a keyword. Text that to 45911 or enter it on our website or app to get in the running for the $10,000 grand prize every time you play. That's crazy! See official rules and details at WMMR.com. Ninety-three-three WMMR. They rock, guys. Of everybody, everything that rocks. Earlier, when we did the news break, I alluded to Kathy as Farmer Kathy. Ah, uh-huh. and uh, she she had to get up early and tend the flock this morning. <laughs> uh, this I is did. this is hilarious. Okay, hold on to your hat. <laughs> Kathy <laughs> is raising chickens. What? I, I thought you were going to go there, but I thought, no, there's no goddamn way. Uh-huh. Because I know that she's, she gets into extra farm mode for because we have the full activities oh, coming yeah. up. Now, there, the, what? We're tipping the hand a little bit on it's just, Kathy's. It's just a little bit. Kathy's right. fall activities coming up. But you know that, that actually raising chickens with a chicken coop is all the rage these days. Several people in my area have them there's no way i would do that it's huge it's bizarre and you know what preston i know like you know jenny de huff you know the uh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so she she has like a lot of them she has a lot yeah. and she's fallen in love with it and um i mean it, it and it seems to provide people who have chickens with a sense of Peace and Zen. We had talked to Jane Seymour. She had them. Did yes. G Love was G Love raising chickens? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. G Love was raising Kit chickens. Todd or Martha's Vineyard or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saucy yeah. Redhead, our, our cake, uh, uh, you know, goddess. Uh, she, Baker, yeah. she, she she makes she has a whole bunch of chickens. Well, you, yeah. can, you can take a step back because I'm I'm not uh, fully raising the chickens. What we what we're You're doing? You're providing and a I'll, college fund. No, right, and listen, I'll, I'll get into uh, more of this during the right. the fall activities because I, I want to make sure that they uh, they get enough attention. But and they live. Uh, so so I drove out to a farm yesterday um i actually drove through your area kind of it was out uh, my area okay yeah it was out past the um i think i drove through quaker town to get to it okay sure. um but anyway it's called quiver farm and they're an educational farm so they use all of their farm animals for educational programs right. uh, within the schools 
they can't do that now because, um, you know, schools are not open. Right. Everything sure. has slowed down. So um, this is basically a, something that they're doing to be able to can, uh, keep their farm open and keep it running. So um, are you so, fostering chickens? So I so that's pretty much what I'm doing is um, I'm assisting in the hatching process. Okay. Uh, so they sent us home with a dozen eggs and they're in an incubator. And uh, in a week or a little over a week, they'll hatch. We'll keep them um, for a little while and then we'll return them to the farm. Oh, That's pretty well, what cool, if though. you get attached, though? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so the woman that, that the educator, um, her name was Corey. She yeah. was awesome. She listens to MMR. Uh, she was telling me that when she uh, had hers, I guess, at her house, she cried when they were born. She's like, it's, it is it, it is like an emotional well, sure. experience. Life. Life. Oh, yeah. listen. Yeah. Punch through a Wait, shell. I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm already attached to those. Yeah, of course you are. Have oh. you written Wait, little names listen. on the eggs? Oh, yeah. Yes, Steve. Steve. That's yes, what she, that's what got have. this started. There the we go. No. Show me a picture of <laughs> eggs with names on them. Mind you, this is a this is a woman who had a cat that was named the brown one for <laughs> yeah, ages. The black and now one, she's yeah. actually well, naming. So of course, eggs. Jason, Jimmy, Sunday was it Sunday? Sunday Berry, Josh, Mary. <laughs> You have yeah. names on every So this is, um, Jace named all of these. Uh, and so we, when I brought them back, though, let me tell you about the attachment. Because, you know, you're used to picking up a normal egg in your refrigerator that right. you're you're going to cook. These eggs are, like, so much more dense. They're okay. heavy. They're yeah. warm. Like, okay. there's life inside of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so this yeah. morning before I left, I was so excited. I went downstairs, and uh, I opened the incubator, and I have to turn them. Yeah. Uh, so I had, to, I had to rotate each egg. And I'm, like, so gentle with all of them. Jace, last night, Jace was like, can I hold one? And I was like, um, I don't, I don't know. It would just put your hand out. Don't move. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going to break it. Yeah, uh, sit on all of these pillows. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, we're going to yeah. put the eggs yeah. underneath you. But I mean, I was amazed. I, I, I didn't quite understand um, the, that it would feel that different mm-hmm. than, than a okay. normal egg. And you, it sure does. I think sorry, Cassie, would get, you would get tired of it after cleaning the chicken coop one time. Oh, my na- my yeah, my neighbors, uh, they were my friends growing up. They all got, uh, the Easter Bunny brought them all a chicken for Easter one year. So there was five chickens down there. We were all kids. We played with them. They had a great chicken coop. They, they fed them eggs for, you know, ever and ever and ever. But man, was oh, that yeah. they, chicken they coop smell was, terrible. Listen, yeah. my best friend lives on a farm. I know all yeah. about it, which is why I'm doing you're pre- this. You're prepared. And, I'm, and I'm, we're taking them back. However, <laughs> if you were, now I know people who actually, Case, had that fear and have been able to maintain uh, you know, mitigating the smell, and and they they they're on it. They they actively get involved, and it becomes like Jane Seymour. With Jane Jane Seymour had something like what she's got, like sixty chickens, yeah, yeah, like an incredible like amount. And she yeah. was giving eggs to local uh, food shelters. Yeah, but there is a tangible difference. I don't know if it's psychosomatic, if that's the relative term, but um, eggs this way, people say, taste markedly better. Um, yeah. So we we have neighbors that have uh, uh, chickens, and they bring us. So do you notice that fresh eggs? No, they I wouldn't necessarily well they taste a little bit different. Um they're they're different when you crack them open, they're different in color. They're, the 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 yolk, as I say, yolk. Yeah. Uh the yolk is is darker. Um right, so right. it gives a little bit more rich flavor to okay. the egg. But um yeah, they're good. They're All really right. good. But you wouldn't sit there and go, mm, wow. Holy hell yeah. really different. Ugh. Uh but Kathy, do you think that you will look at at eating eggs differently after this? Well, no, because, and I didn't know this, and uh, I may be stupid for not knowing this, but uh, the difference between a fertilized egg and uh, the eggs that we eat, I didn't realize uh, there was such a difference. So the chicken lays the egg, and there's, you know, it's it's just not... Um, so it's not, not, it's not cup of dead baby. 
Right. Like, yeah. it's not like it, it would have been a baby and then I ate it. It right. just wasn't fertilized. So, right. no, I, I think I'll be okay with that. However, they do say that, the, so this process, it's very fragile. There's a booklet that came with it. I read it from uh, cover to cover yesterday to make sure I was doing all of this properly. But, there, I mean, there's little things that can happen in the incubator and during oh, the hatching yeah. process that will affect the chicks. So, like... I'm like I have to make sure that their little yeah. feet don't get caught in certain things, and uh, if, they, if they some of them might have deformities, and you have to give them a little bit extra time in the incubator. Like yeah, this is so. a classic element. We did this in I think we've all elementary, done it in elementary yeah. school. You do the classic egg in the incubator thing, and you 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 wait for the eggs to hatch, and it's one of the first things you learn about. In biology, and yeah. the first practical experiment I remember was that. We didn't do it in one of my classes, but I know that there were classes that had that at school. They had incubators, and they would they would wait for these uh, chickens or birds to like like in, like in fourth grade. And then in fifth grade, they brought in a, 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 a man and a woman, and they made love in front of us. <laughs> no, that this yeah. is yeah. hell. Yeah. This is nature. And then we kept the, uh, the woman in the, in the aquarium. Right. Hey, uh, Kathy, do you still have cats in the house? I do, yes. So these, what do you do? Um, so fortunately, so this has been going on. They've This farm uh, started this uh, back in March. So uh, the temperatures have cooled a bit, and I actually have them set up on a table in my garage. The cats? No, no, no. <laughs> the chicks. So they're okay in the garage as long as it stays between 60 and 70 degrees in All the right, garage. So. I would like to do that. I think it'd be cool. We have dogs, and my, my dogs will eat anything that moves. Your dogs would eat the farmers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So there's a Facebook page that they suggest that you go on to if you do this. Um, and there are a lot of people in the area that have done it and um, post on this Facebook page and post their experiences. I just uh, got an alert that somebody posted a picture. So, Press, they do um, chicks, and they do baby ducks as well. Nope. There's a picture of all these ducks sitting around their dog in their living Let room. Let me ask you. Right, do you think... I'm so glad, Preston. What's cuter, baby ducks or baby baby chicks? Baby ducks are baby so dogs. cute. Baby, baby ducks, ducks are, are cute. so damn you know adorable. What, you know the funny thing is that people, like they talk to Sarah, um, the associate redhead, um, she says... The, we have the perception of them as these antiseptic, you know, cold creatures that don't. But she says they really do bond with you, and mm-hmm. she she'll go. Well, they into, have personalities. They have personalities. Yeah. And she said on that level, Preston, you talk about being reticent to eat eggs after this. That has really dissuaded her from oh. chicken. My from friend Denise from college, she has a duck farm, and I didn't realize this until a couple of years ago. But like, she straight up raises ducks, and I was like, "Well, what do you do with them?" She's like, "Well, I eat them." <laughs> oh my god! Oh really? Oh, oh my god! god. Yes. That See, that'd be hard. Well, you can't then, name them. You can't name them and then eat them. You the eggs are already named for Christ's sake. She's a goner. Well, apparently the ducks are a little bit more difficult than the chicks, which is why we started with the chick eggs. Um, do you think you yes, might go all the way up to horses? I don't know. Well, listen, my my friend who lives on a farm that I mentioned earlier, um, she said the first thing about like raising farm animal, animals is don't ever name them mm-hmm. <laughs> because you, yeah. that's the way you that's the the first step to getting attached to them. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times they are going off to become food. So yeah. ducks are hard. The eggs are harder, more difficult. There's more labor involved, or more. Uh, yes, I think because you you that's have a water element, right? Because yeah. obviously you have to act, right? Or am I am are I am I overstating it? The eggs hatching, or are you talking about raising the animal? I think well, no, no, no. I'm talking about the, this process in them oh, bringing the them home, the incubation. Um, okay. Yeah, in, in hatching, I've mm. heard that they're a little bit more difficult, and I think they're a little messier. Yeah. Okay. Does uh, Jason Fayon have chickens? I don't, I don't remember. I do not know. Uh, he's a farmer type. Uh, let me go to Jen real quick. Jen, good morning. Jen, turn your radio down, please. All right, Jen. Sorry, we're going to have to let you go. Uh, remember to turn your radio down if you do call in. There's a delay. I'm going to go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, Good morning. Good morning. morning. What's up, buddy? 
Hey, real quick, just want to let you know, I've been listening to you guys since I was a sophomore in high school. I'm now almost 40 years old. Dear God! Dear God! <laughs> you are the best. You Thanks, start every man. morning right. Thank, Thank you. Man. Anyway, uh, same story. So I'm in first grade, and in, in the classroom, you know, we incubate the chickens. So, of course, I'm one of the ones that, that gets mom to sign the slip saying once they hatch, we can bring one home. Right. So, of course, in first grade, thought that was the coolest thing ever. The damn thing ended up living until I was 25 years old. <laughs> See, that would happen. And that is the, uh -huh. that's the liability that we're talking about, Jeff. And I think, Kathy, you know, once they start to hatch, if you're already falling in love with just the eggs, oh, I, you, may, you may end up with a chicken or two. Well, and somebody posted on that Facebook page, and she was like, it, my kids were crying when we dropped them back off. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> Jeff, uh, what was your chicken's name? Well, well, uh, right in line with some of Kathy's names, its name was Brownie. Brownie. Oh, love it. Okay. <laughs> Named after it was born or while it was still an egg? Uh, great question. After it was born. Okay. After it was born. Yeah. So, so, so. To, to clarify what you're saying, Thanks, Kathy, so, so the, the, the eggs that we get normally from the supermarket are not eggs that would have in the normal trajectory hatched into chickens. Cor correct. She said if you see a chicken in a pen um, and there is no male in there with her, those eggs are not fertilized and they right. will not become chicks. All right. Probably the earliest memory that I have as a human being, uh, we had a baby duck. And his name was Quack Quack, Aww. which is a typical, you know, a baby. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think my sister gave the uh, the duck that name, but that is my earliest memory. Did you adore it? Oh my God, yes! A baby. Yeah. I duck. don't know whatever happened to it because it never yeah. it never grew up. I only knew it as Quack mm. Quack, the baby duck. And I think you lived on a farm after you. <laughs> yeah, 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 you probably did. Ran around with other yeah. dogs. Yeah. Yeah. My neighbors had, had a dinner duck. one night. We had yeah. a tree. Oh, and I these nuggets are great. Yeah. Was it a white duck? These nuggets are a little gamey. What are they? <laughs> no, it had a it had a, it was a yellowish with some spots on it. So okay, that's that. As far as my memory serves, my neighbors had one duck. His name was Sam, and then. Something killed it. Of course, my cat got blamed for it, but uh, he had an alibi. But you had a good lawyer. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, and then my neighbors who had the chickens down the street, dude, the raccoons, like, raccoons, yeah. those things just picked them apart one by one. Or oh, foxes. Really? Yeah. yeah I mean, it might have been the foxes. Well, yeah. you, every cartoon you've ever seen, but you, you, you mm -hmm. for example, my neighbor has an elevated chicken coop that, you know, that um, I guess protects against that. Right? Not to sidetrack for a moment, because I'm going to go to these calls yeah. here, but my dad has a, a small garden in his backyard, and there had been raccoons coming out there, so he set up this humane trap. He would catch the raccoons, right. take them off somewhere else, and let them go. Uh, the other day, caught a skunk. Whoa! And then he goes... I don't know what the hell to do. Right. Yeah. It's it's in this trap. I can't get near it. What what do I do? So he called his cousin who is uh, raises horses, lives out on a farm, has a gun. Has, <laughs> yeah. No. So what he said you have to do is he said you got to take an old blanket and you have to go out there with the blanket and wow. you throw it over the cage and then you, set the blanket on fire. <laughs> set the blanket on fire. No, my dad thankfully has a truck and then you put it in the back of the truck and, and he's like, well then what do I do with it there? I gotta you know. Do you have some you don't like? I still have to like. get it out of the cage. <laughs> yeah. He said, just bring it to me. We'll take care of it. Oh. Uh, but so There are services. There are humane services that will come. You know, Also, like in this area, if you happen to, and you're not in this area. No, this is in Kentucky. You yeah. do it uh, yourself. Well, yeah, you do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, so they went out there with a blanket, and yeah. sure enough, it sprayed. Oh, boy. It got all over the blanket and covered it up, took it in the truck. They said that uh, within just a couple of days, the smell went away and everything, so it didn't you know, permeate cute. too long. People they are, are kind of cute. cute. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, somebody brought in. Remember the, the yeah. girl who brought in the, the, the skunk? Yeah. They are... 
if they've well, been properly. Did she say that the spray glands had been removed yeah, on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were we playing with fire, yeah. We yeah. chased a skunk in college thinking there was a cat. We chased a skunk. We were like, oh, Shut look at a cat. Right. It was like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's it's straight straight out of a movie. Yeah, she, <laughs> walks, we were... she walks under the, the, the black cat, walks under the painted white fence, uh-huh. right, and she gets the strip down her back. We thought it was a cat. We were by the international house. and came out. We were drinking. Look, uh, look at the cat. And we... we <laughs> Follow the cat, and then we turn. We realize that we. And so it's like it's a skunk, and we all just look off. It was great. It's, it's like that commercial for uh, Pearl Vision or whatever, where the woman's letting the uh, the cat the yes. raccoon into the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to Jen, who I think we tried to have on a little while ago. Jen, good morning. I went through a sinus, and that's devastating that I couldn't get through because I'm trying to figure out my car audio. <laughs> hey, Jen. While I'm driving, you see. Um, so I was a kindergarten teacher and we used to raise chickens and it was a Quaker school. So every day I would get in early. It was so cute. We had them since they were eggs. We named them all. I would come in early every morning. And one morning I came in and lucky didn't make it. So I had to come in. Kids came in. Lucky had a little bit. Yeah. So we had to have an explanation, but they were great. We had a meeting for worship about it, but they were chickens and they had been alive for like three days. But the kids, they were like, I remember one morning when I saw Lucky, and he just looked so happy. I felt the same way about Lucky, and I was like, this is devastating. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, of course it is. When you, yeah. Those are the early life lessons about life and yeah. about the end of life. Yeah. Hey, Jen, I got a question for you, because, you know, we all recall having chickens um, hatch in our classrooms. What do you do with them after they hatch? You keep them until we kept them for several weeks, and they get pretty tall and pretty big, and they do stink. And then and what? Then Bring them down to the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have chicken fingers. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Get them to our local farm. Okay. Yeah, so, local farms. All right. So, like Thanks. this program that I'm doing, they go back to the farm and uh, they don't euthanize them. They get um, sent out to different farms. Right. And farmers will come and pick them up at this educational farm. Well, that's um, nice. I'm going to go to Kathy because she lived on a farm all her life, and the public apparently knows nothing about. About chickens. So let me go to her. Kathy, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Kath? <laughs> lived on a farm my whole life. Still live on a farm. I still hatch all my own eggs, my own chickens, guineas, peacocks, ducks. And it's amazing to me. People don't realize that roosters do not lay eggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> you need a rooster to have a chick. Yep. They don't know that. Yep. It's you just sit there with your mouth open. They don't realize that a tiny little chick can't lay an egg. It has to be a hen. They don't know what a hen is. You can't imagine the conversations that people... It's amazing to me. It's well, we, we, live, we live in a supermarket world, so yeah. we don't... That, that part of our education is, you know, woefully lacking. Well, I will say, I, did, I felt a little... I, I felt dumb when yeah. I said, well, so what are the eggs that we get when from does, the grocery store? Right? You, well, know? you didn't know. I when asked. she explained it, yeah. I was like, well, duh, you idiot. But, yeah. like, I really... I didn't... I never knew. When do they become sharks? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Kath, Kath, I got a couple of questions for you. When... When the rooster uh, fertilizes, first of all, what, what's the ratio of, of hens to roosters being born? That's another thing. You have to have, at a minimum, four or five hens per rooster. You have to. Okay. Or he'll beat everybody up. He'll beat everybody up anyway. But Right. So ro- roosters are very aggressive. Pardon me? Roosters are very aggressive. They're not aggressive, 
They can't. Corny. I mean, they can't. Most of our <laughs> most of our roosters are not nasty to people, but they're nasty to each other because they want as many women as they can possibly All right. have. Right. And they're uh, like NBA players. <laughs> uh, at, at what age do you realize a chicken is a rooster or a hen? Maybe two months or so, you'll start to see it's called their crown on top of their head. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to see that they both develop differently. And his will start to get bigger and bigger than hers. And you can figure out pretty quickly that he's a boy and she's a girl. Plus, they get aggressive to each other at like six or eight weeks. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so they know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they need to to have a harem, though, right? They need to have... A harem. A harem. A harem, yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. Well, that's, that's why they call them cocks, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. To come back as a rooster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Thank Mark. you. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. All right, let's go to ducks for a minute. I'm going to go to Justin, who has some ducks. Hi, Justin, you're on the air. I'm going to get Zooks. What's up, bud? Uh, so, uh, friends of mine and myself, we all face have chickens and ducks, and, and I've noticed that ducks were easier to take care of. All you need is a simple Rubbermaid tote, a heat lamp, and a couple other accessories. You can follow them on YouTube. My ducks and my dog get along great. I got three of them. Um, I just wanted to share the names of my ducks. Please. I named them Harold, Kumar, and Duck Norris. Duck Norris. Duck Let me ask you, Justin. Do you have Do you have like a pond on your uh, property, or what? What do you do for for them for their natural yearning to be in water? Well, yeah. So you just buy those simple little uh, plastic blue pools. Yep. Or or like little and. You know, they're small enough, and they get light enough. You don't fill them to the brim, and you can just dump them out. You clean up, you know, their number two yeah. and uh, go about your business. But, right. yeah, they, that's, I, that's it. I had – thank you for your call, Justin. I, I was going for a run a few months ago in my neighborhood, and I'm running by the house, and I would see these what I thought were duck sculptures or some type of thing out <laughs> no, in the front yard. <laughs> I'm like, wow, those things look real. They weren't moving at all. And as I was running by, I'm like, well, now they're moving. Those things are real. They had three of them Aww. on their front yard, unattended. Uh, they did. There was a blue plastic pool, like he said, out front. So a small, was for them. Small yeah. like kid, you know, a kitty pool. And I guess they got pet ducks. I, was I don't know. I, I got ducks. the I, I got the pool because they can go into the water. They said about the 20, chicks? Yeah, twenty four okay. hours after they're born. Wow. Yeah, they have to stay. They actually stay in the incubator until they're fully dried. You can't take them out until like they're fluffy right. and you can start to. Wait the birth goes off. Water? They go in yeah. water? Yeah. Chickens? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Do they go hiking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, let me see. A bunch of calls on this. Um, I'm going to go to uh, Danny. Hi, Danny. Good morning. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's up, my man? So we got our first batch of chickens when I was probably in, like, seventh grade. And what ended up happening was a fox got in there. Ugh. And I think we had about seven of them, but it killed five. So two of the hens remain. So when we got a new batch of chicken, I always like to... Um, Imagine, like, the remaining hands were like, you youngins don't know what I've seen. Like, old yeah. war veterans with, like, PTSD. It yeah. was hell. <laughs> with, yeah. with the new batch we got, um, one of them was a rooster, and we found out pretty quick, and it was real loud, and it was kind of, you know, aggressive towards the other one. So my brother was like, well, you know, I got to kill it. So he ended up killing it, and we ate the meat. It was really good. Okay. So the next day I'm playing basketball, and I smell something. I'm like, what is that smell? 
And I look over in our trash can. He just, like, crudely put all the remains and, like, the feathers and the beak. I was like, oh. you it out a little bit better. Yeah. Hey, I have a question for you, Danny. As far as slaughtering and, and eating your own chicken, um, because the ones you get at the grocery store, they fatten them up. They're, they're bred. They're glorious. For consumption. <laughs> yeah. They're gorgeous. And, and they're usually only just a few months old. And, and But they fatten them up real quick. It's part of the, the, the process of doing that. Big fat chickens. I guess um, unless they're, like, free range or something. Yeah. I don't really know the story behind that. But was there, was it a, a bit skinny? Was there not much meat on it? Was there a lot of meat on this uh, rooster that you killed? He got a pretty good amount of meat. It was a lot more tender what I noticed what it was. Is okay. that right? The chicken uh. itself, yeah, it was uh. still, like, younger and leaner, um, just off chicken feed. I know what you mean, the way they fatten them up to where they yeah. can't even move. Mm-hmm. That's when they taste the best, honestly. But, like, this was real tender. It was good. I just, I was like, man, you probably should have found a better way to dispose yeah. of Yeah, man. big fettle chicken ass <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Oh, I had a question for him. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Saturday uh, night thing. <laughs> Danny, real quick, how, how, do you oh, yeah. pro- how do you protect your chickens from foxes and right, whatnot? Right. Well, at this point, again, we're down to, like, two... And this is from the second batch, and one of them doesn't even have a beak. It's really hard. But basically, the way that my <laughs> 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 oh my god, dude, put the put the reverb on and do that. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's my beakless rooster. <laughs> <laughs> You are twisted. <laughs> you wake up in the morning. <laughs> Get the pastoral music. Good morning music. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we could, please. So, Because yeah, I, I want to hear, you're on a farm, you're a bed and breakfast out on the countryside. It's beautiful. No, wait, that's Harry Potter. Hang on a second. Right, no, that's not. That's Days of Future Past. Uh, not Days of Future Past. Dude, you wake up, the, the sun is coming. Then <laughs> you hear that majestic sound. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, I, so how did Danny? How did your <laughs> how did your chicken end up without a beak? Well, a, I guess a fox got in there and just you know messed him up again, but it ripped the beak right. Oh, off. that's God. terrible! And you know something? I mean, oh. honestly, the fox is doing simply what the fox does. But I mean, if you can. Yeah. Uh, uh, to anyone who is raising and thinking about raising chickens like this, that's something you want to explore to keep them protected. Yeah. Just a quick bit of advice here, Danny. If someone's just starting at like at, at a, in a residential area and wants to raise chickens, what's a good number of chickens to sort of start with? I'd say like five. Five. Is a good okay. number. All right. And what he tries to do is that he digs um, the gate that the chickens are in. You dig it below the ground to prevent them from burrowing under, but... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, real quick, I hope that when if Nick Murphy makes a Daily Rush video out of this, and it would be a tall order, but an animated beakless rooster <laughs> to, to go along with Steve doing the go- <laughs> Okay, all right. Are we done with Danny or uh, yes, any other questions for Danny? Yes. No. All right, Danny. Well, I forget how he said he protected the chickens. Oh, how do you protect the chickens, Danny? 
Oh, like I said, yeah, you just you dig the gate down uh, below the ground so they can't burrow in. Okay. And you leave All a right. clock in the hen house. Yeah. 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 Right, here's how you use it. you got to slide the rack back. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. That's what I was wondering about the ducks in, in my neighborhood because we there are foxes all over the place. So you, you see them and hear them regularly, yeah. and that's just that's open season, I would think. Well, in our area, I, I've, I told you, I've seen a, a coyote twice. Um, and, uh, you know, the size of a, of a, a, almost the equal size of my 50, 55 pound dog. Mm. Uh, so if you're keeping stuff like that, but my neighbor, as I said before, does have an elevated chicken coop that's clearly designed to foil these things. And right. he seems to do well with them. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, the reason we're talking about this is Kathy's raising chickens. <laughs> she has the eggs in an incubator. They're all named. They have their names written on them. Yep. One, one of them, what was the funny name of one of them? Like um, Angel something or the other? By the way, as oh. you pointed out, Preston, she had a cat and never gave it a name. These <laughs> eggs now have names. names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I think that was like my family. That's how I was raised. I'm, I'm a little different. <laughs> okay. Uh, here, yeah, so here, I'll go through the names real quick. Then uh, we got a break. Alice Angel, Bendy, Tom, Jorge, Bendy. Mary, Josh, Lucy, Sunflower, Cream, Jerry Berry, Sunday, and Timmy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Timmy, we noticed on his uh, on the egg, there is like a slight crack, so we don't know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what it means. Well, last no night, week. last night, she said he goes. I hope Timmy makes it through the night. Oh, <laughs> well, we're gonna take a break, so make sure you stay with us. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's local shots. That's right, and this month's artist is Brett Talley. Brad Talley, your local shots artist of the month. Check him out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. We were having this discussion in the entertainment news segment program uh, about Jada Pinkett Smith. There's a guy, an R.B. singer named August Alsina. I'm not familiar with his work, but apparently he had a romantic relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith and had been given the blessings to do so from Will Smith. And the relationship apparently rocked his world. Yes, he fell deeply in love with her now, we don't know the full story on why she let him go, and it might have been that it, he, the... He was glomming? The connection was, uh, yeah, was too emotional for yeah. her, and maybe she wanted to just, you know, be more physical about it, and uh, so we were just talking about that. Nick said a bunch of texts started coming in. Yeah, people were talking about um, preconceived notions about what an open marriage is and how it works, and, um, you know, sometimes I think people enter open marriages, uh, especially if they've been in failed relationships before and if those failed relationships also involved affairs right so they'll come into a new relationship and and will smith was married before he was married to jada pinkett smith and and part of the reason why his first marriage ended was because he was not faithful to his wife right so i think you get into this second relationship and think you know what i um if i'm gonna do this type of thing i might as well be honest with my partner if my partner's gonna be honest with me back then they find ways to make it work however Oh, sorry. Love that happens. And that that's where I think that it gets really messy. And so somebody texted in and said, listen, <clears throat> love, people can fall in love in straight relationships and in, in, in monogamous relationships. There's no, it's no different among uh, um, polyamorous relationships. Okay. An open marriage and swingers, that's different, right? 
I believe so. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. An open marriage would allow for you to sort of um, not have go on other- an extended relationship okay. with someone, whereas a swinger, uh, to my understanding, and you know what a crazy sex deviant I am. Uh, I see you with your upside down pineapple. Oh my god! All the time. Yeah. 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 Shopping I, cart. At the shopping I put watermelons <laughs> upside down. I want it all. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, um, and then in the other case, I think you go, can go to like you know swingers parties and clubs. And it's more like sexual, that. right? More it's, sexual. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, with all of these. I know we, we we throw these terms out there and think that it's it's there's a clear and cut definition of what that is. I, I, it's more complicated than that. Sure. It's it's what you and the other person agree upon, and I think that's the most important thing. Is you got to you got to talk about this ahead of time. So, and if your if your definition of that stuff starts to change, yes, you have to talk about that too. Mitch Fatel talked about this, yeah, and talked about constantly. Mitch Fatel is a comedian has come in a number of times, and he and his wife have a crazy open relationship. I guess yeah. that's tamped down a little bit now that they have a, a kid, but. Um, he talked about having to constantly reset the boundaries so that both right. parties are comfortable and yeah. and and that um what would define cheating in a relationship where you're where you have an open deal and it involved her giving approval yeah. for him to do that and vice versa well that was yeah. the same thing with will and jada so um i think their rule was um you kind of have i you- I have to approve of who your partner's going to be. Like, I don't get to pick who your partner's going to be, but... Have to, yeah. yeah I was, thumbs up or thumbs down. Hey, honey, I'm going to... Um, hey, fly, honey. Hey, yeah. fly, honey. That's I want to go out with uh, with Kathy Romano. Is that okay? And that's why Will had to give his blessing to this Alcina guy. Yeah. yeah. Are these... Is that eyebrows on your shoulder? <laughs> Stop who are you with? <laughs> By the way, they've lightened up a little they bit. Have. I've yes. noticed. A little Kathy's angry. dark yeah. eyebrows, yes. <laughs> I found eyebrows on his collar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a friend of a friend. I don't know this girl, but I just know basically her whole story because when we get together, uh, the friend of hers will tell us because, you know, for us, it's very bizarre. It's juicy. And it, well, yeah. and it's yeah. interesting it to it's hear. It's completely awesome. Yeah, so. <laughs> So this girl um, knows her boyfriend. She calls him her boyfriend. All right. Um, knows that he is married, and his wife knows about her. Um, they've never met. They don't. The wife and the girlfriend don't know each other. But um, the wife does the same thing. She has a, a boyfriend, and, and it's younger. So it's an older couple, couple who go out and find uh, younger people to to be with. And but I mean, it's an ongoing relationship with this girl. She she calls him her boyfriend. He takes her out to dinner. They go away on vacation. Oh wow. But, yeah. Oh yeah, but so Kathy, so in, in the in the, in this thing in this duration uh, uh, together, and it's the issue that we were talking about. Uh, apparently, like with this guy with Jada Pinkett Smith, has there ever been a case where where there you know, if this if she was to f- fall in love with the other person or vice versa, would that? Oh, I, I'm I'm sure it would complicate things yeah. a lot. I know that they're like the wife has the say, so. Um, She's been annoyed where she's wanted to spend the weekend together, and he says, "No, I can't. This is my wife's weekend." And like, she'll get, she will get annoyed. She gets at jealous. That, but like, he, the wife takes precedent. Okay, here's a text that came and said, "My first husband and I opened our marriage, and I fell out. Been divorced over a decade. It can work, but most people I know who do it wind up falling apart. I can't because you're going to hit that one, and, and it can happen, as we said before, in a regular relationship. If you're not open, it, yeah. you could meet someone. It could be, you know." Um, uh, anywhere, you know, but sure. uh, it, it, I, I think it does complicate issues when someone starts to go all in like this dude who was with Jada Pinkett Smith was mm-hmm. head over heels. Well, when you talk about people who have multiple wives and then you have sister wives and stuff like that, I don't know how 
that works and how I mean, jealous. When you... do you get to play video games? Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, you're busy. Oh, yeah. look, I'm just trying to finish this level. Uh, well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. When it when it could fall apart uh, pretty quickly, and not about like a sister wife, not not somebody like that, but if somebody were to get pregnant. You know, if you have an open sure. marriage, I would imagine in the deal is don't get her pregnant. But also, like, yeah. I mean, how do you how do you not get jealous? Like you were talking about the you know so and so goes on vacations. Like, what if you're the wife wife and like, dude, I don't, I want to go to Cabo. Like, why? Well, because she I has like somebody too, and so she it's, it's, ba- when, it's balanced. When they when they leave their their home, I guess. Oh, and that's the how other does thing. it she, not turn into a competition? That's the other then. thing. She doesn't go into. I'm his, gonna bang his teeth. She doesn't go into his home. So like with his wife, so so they'll go other places. The front like I, lawn. Well, I think I think he has a lot of money too. So yeah. I think he has like an apartment oh, somewhere. Oh. So they'll go to the apartment, or that when they go away on vacation, obviously they're staying in a hotel. Is his so I I may have missed you saying this. So is his significant other aware of this? Yes, and completely. She, and she has a boyfriend too. And so they've worked out all the machinations where they have separate locations where they take each other's right side action, right. and they're conducting basically cottage relationships. Yeah. Well, wow. I guess do they wow. do they sit down with a calendar and agree? Everybody's got to agree. Okay, these are the dates. What a nightmare! I'm going off with my other. Yeah, I think okay. so. I think so because she said like yeah. there was like a, like she couldn't do something. She had to, had to work a weekend, and now, she was like, I can't do that weekend, and and it sort of caused a little argument. Here's where I think it could, it could get it. And now, if you agree upon that, that's all fine and dandy, and everybody's happy with that. Where I think it could get messy is if you come back and you start telling stories about what a great time you had. And do they do that? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I just I just hear like the you know the side pieces story. I, I can't. For a weekend, I can't even sit down. Uh, yeah. Serious. Yeah. I mean Bobby. stuff like that. You're right. I mean at that, like at that they, level, it's, it's not just. But there, it's, there's je- jealousy will rear its head at some point. And uh, yes, I'm sure it will. Listen, I I don't understand any of this. I find it fascinating because it, to me it's like a movie. But um, it's not just about sex. I mean, of course that that, that is yeah. part of it. But um, like I said, he's taking her out to dinner. He, they're going on yeah, vacation. They're like a good they're, time. Yeah, they're doing oh, yeah, he's, things he's that well a, to do. that a couple would do. Yeah. yeah. Here's a text. Says I met a guy. And really hit it off. A few days into it, he told me that he was in an open marriage. I was iffy, uh, but she knew about me and was okay. He eventually wanted me to meet her, and that's where it ended. I could not do a separate relationship. Oh, wait, I could do a separate relationship, but not a, what is a thruple? It's a a three-person couple, a thruple. It's good to finally meet you. (laughs) My name is Velma. Uh, Ruppel would be like what, um, what's his name, uh, Tiger King had. Uh, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, man, here's, I don't. Here's a text that says, whatever happened, to be, whatever happened to being loyal and dedicated to one person when you get married? Well, there, most people do that, yeah. but some people don't. So that nothing ever happened. It, to that. It, if you're there. all consensual, that's the case. I, for me, that's I, I, there's no way I'm going to sit there and say, have a good time, honey, um, you know, with, uh, with, your, uh, with your other guy. No. Yeah. Just... You know, uh, it, it, I can't see having that conversation, but people can. If that oh, works, yeah, I'm go, too jealous. There's yeah. no way. There's no way I could be in that. I would, I would, it would drive me crazy. And, and you can't have her. We're germaphobes. Yeah, that, yeah, that too. <laughs> How would you respond if your wife came to you and said, hey, I was interested in doing something like this? Oof. I'd say, okay, but I get to sleep with him too. <laughs> and she'd go, really? And i say, let me rephrase that. Because, you know, you're, you're different people when you get married and 20 years later, your, your relationships change over the years. And maybe it's something that your your wife wasn't interested in when you got together and minds well, change. I don't know. I well, that's curious. the thing, like the Mitch was saying, or Steve was saying about Mitch Fatale, you've got to, if you start feeling a certain way, yeah. you've got to talk about it now. 
Because it's you have talked about it now because it will grow and yeah. and it will it will fester and it will make it bad. Things can go sour and then, but you got you got to get those cards out on the table. Well, yeah, and so I think. Um you know, as you get older, everything changes, right? Like your, yeah. your, your palate changes. Like you like food that you didn't like before. I, I, you know, it's been my... Now you like thruples. Now you like thruples. But I think, uh, you know, normally, you know, and I hate to use the word normal, I, I think te- people tend to get a little bit more conservative as they get old, when they have kids and stuff like that. It's like, oh, you know, like... Well, in your approach to... You're also trying to set examples, I think, for the kids as well. You make make it less wild. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. If you're in an open relationship... Let's hear it. I want to hear about it. How's it How's it working? How's that going for you? I want to see video. Yeah, send us video. Casey wants video. (laughs) Uh, So do you. You can do that, too. Oh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't watch. (laughs) Over Um, your shoulder. And and especially if it was Jada Pinkett Smith. But um, yeah, so they've the the rumor on them having that relationship has been out. They've talked about it for a yes, long time. but here's the first time we've had somebody who has at least been verified to the to the extent someone can be verified. Really. And I assume if that's your um, if that's your interest, that you, that's something you need to talk about very early on when you start to spend some time with someone who. Like you're what's your favorite in. cuisine? Yeah. Are you into open marriages? <laughs> Right. Yeah. What be, movie do you want to see? It should be in the top five, at least. Do you mind if I have side action? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I'm going to go to Marlena. Marlena, good morning. Hey, good morning, you guys. Rock. Thank yeah. you. All right. What do you want to chime in on, Marlena? So I just wanted to say that if people want to do open marriage stuff, polygamy stuff, that's 100% okay, but that you have to talk about it. Yeah. It is so, it is so apparent. People who have terrible trust issues people who are not open to talking cannot do it stupid stupid people can't do open relationships mm-hmm. because it just it blows up in flames it does because i've i've experienced it firsthand and it's fine until the trust kind of disappears and then you go oh my god what the hell are we doing here and then you got to refix the relationship so, so, so it's just my advice to everyone don't don't just think. Oh, I might be into this. It's no. You need to sit down and talk about it for like weeks. Yeah, that's I believe it. That seems to be yeah. That seems to be sage advice because whatever you think, all those things that you naturally experience in any kind of relationship are going to start to surface. So if you're not on it and conversing constantly, you're going to have all those pitfalls. Well, correct. Yes, a hundred percent. It's okay to be open and it's okay to accept each other for who you are. But if you don't talk about it, it's going to shoot you like your foot's going to be in your mouth. All yeah. right. Ten minutes. All right, cool. Yeah. Thanks. So, Thanks, Marlena. Um, you too. You, we know people, uh, somebody who's in a polyamorous relationship or relationships, I should say. And uh, what I find interesting or found interesting about that one, and this might not be, you know, how it works universally across the board, but like you have primary relationship mm-hmm. and then secondary right. relationship mm-hmm. and what happens when the secondary relationship wants to be well, well hang on i i we've been together long enough i 
I want to be primary. You called into the office. Or at least I want to We're be. We're going in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Going We're in making some direction. changes. You're being you furloughed. The, yeah, you're now the, the uh, you're not, you're now vice relationship. Uh, but that's the thing. You got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it can, it could, it could go bad or it could. I want equal partnership. You know what? Yeah. Everybody who engages in an open marriage should have some sort of person who serves as their HR department. Okay. Yeah. I like they can that. go talk about these things. I like that. You've seen the movie Kinsey, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, with Leslie Mason. Yeah, yeah, and there's uh, eventually all the researchers they they end up having these swinging parties. Yeah, and, and uh, it's you know they're just banging is yeah. what they're up to, but at, at some point two of them, uh, and they're all married couples, uh, two uh, end up falling in love with somebody from another relationship. Right, and amongst all that orgiastic sex. It becomes a problem because they yeah. start having romantic feelings for each other. That's and, the key. Is, yeah. is, you know, and I've heard this said from a number of people that women would rather find out that that some guy just or, or I don't I don't know if there's a similar on a survey with men, but most women said they'd rather have find out that the guy there or the the person in their life went out and just had a sexual thing rather than something that connected to their heart. Right. Um, I'm going to go to this call. This sounds interesting. We have a, an anonymous caller on the line. Uh, married for eight years, became uh, in an open relationship three years ago. Hi, Anonymous, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. Hey, real quick before we go on, instead of Anonymous callers, have a make-up a name. Yeah. Like like a good one, like uh, like Superfly. Superfly, or like that. yeah. Some, some weird name. So if you're calling in, you want to be Anonymous, just give us a weird yeah. name. Something Thanks. odd and interesting. We'll give you points for the most interesting ones. <laughs> it's going to suck for Superfly when he calls in. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. So what, what should we call you, Anonymous? What's a good name? Uh, I guess, uh, you call me Veronica. I don't know. Veronica's a great name. I like it. All right, Veronica, go ahead. Uh, so my husband and I were have been together for 12, married for eight, and uh, we became um, ethical non-monogamous about three, four years ago. And it has had its ups and downs, but I know the caller beforehand said, you know, communication is the key with it. Can I, can I ask how this... Um, who 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 broke the seal? Who who said something first? Um, actually, it was kind of a. It, it wasn't. Uh, I said it or he said it. It was a mutual discussion we were having. Um, I had just come out as um, pansexual, and I had actually never had an experience with a woman. And because I had been married and monogamous to my husband, he was like, "Well, uh, you know, what would you think about opening our relationship up?" And then they kind of expanded from there. Now, a lot of our friends are actually polyamorous as well. They've all been married for a very long time, but are, uh, you know, they, they have this lifestyle. So I think it's not as rare as you guys think it is. No, but Veronica, let me ask you. So was, was the inquiry as to whether or not you would both go have other people in your lives or if you were going to bring a woman into the relationship you were currently in with your husband? Um, no, the inquiry was, was we would go out separately. We would go right. separately. Okay. And so do you have relationships or is it just sexual? No, it's relationships. So currently I have um, two other partners. So my husband is my primary. Um, I have two other partners. I love them both. Um, my husband is currently um, dating two other people, uh, kind of brand new. So they're they're feeling that out. 
His two other partners are also polyamorous. God, uh, the schedule alone. Seriously. Uh, no, not even that, Preston. What, what happens around the holidays? You go broke, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, and, and for us, at the moment, we don't have children. All right. Um, so it's a little bit easier with scheduling and things like that. Okay. Uh, but no, no, scheduling. Soccer is- practice. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, scheduling. I mean, honestly, like, what if uh, your, you know, primary guy or, or just even secondary, secondary number one uh, is wants to take you here, but then secondary number two is like, yeah, but I got tickets for a concert. And then you're like, oh, I'd rather go to the concert than wherever. You know, there, there's got to be a lot of, like, jealousy going around. Is there, is there, Veronica? Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, there really isn't jealousy going on. And, I mean, if there is, it's, I mean, it, you're human, so you're going to have jealous feelings. Right. But the the thing is you want to talk about them immediately. You don't want to let them fester. Yes. Uh, you know, but, again, it's it's a calendar. You you know, you there's a lot of communication and say, okay, well, I'm going out with so-and-so tonight. Uh, you know, when are you available? So, you know, it's just a, just, just a, a quick question, Veronica, with the, with the, the primary, the secondary, do, is there a pre-established priority order? Does everyone know, does everyone know where they fall in the chain just to a- avoid kind of issues like that? Where if my secondary comes to me with something, they, they take priority. Is that how it goes or is it a lot more fluid? The, the, it's, it's more fluid. The only one that, that really in a true polyamorous relationship kind of has a priority is your primary. Okay. Well, there you well go. it's interesting that you and your, your husband found each other and that you guys are the, you're into this. And it's not something that was, I guess, up front very, very early on in the relationship. What I want to know for you specifically, not your husband or, or any of the other relationships, but for you, what is being... What is being fed the most for you? Is it a physical thing? Is it a um, a feelings thing? You know, like what what needs are being met m- most for you? Um, oh, that's a really cool question. Uh, no, it's 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 a feelings thing, I guess. Like my husband and I are very much in love. We click. Um, we've always gotten very much along. We've never been these couples that fight a lot. Uh, and it's just we have this idea that. As humans, as one human being, you cannot have the, you know, you cannot satisfy fully the, the realm of what the other human needs. All right. Okay. All right. When, okay. So my, my, my other question is, but then when you have two other humans, you're, are you spread And they tell two friends. Well, I no, but are you spread <laughs> even more thin? Because uh, I understand what you're saying. It's like, oh, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of energy to give into this relationship today. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, it sounds very selfish to say that, but when you have two other relationships, like how does, how do you, how are you not emotionally spread even more thin? Oh no. And it, it, that does take a toll and you have to make sure that you're still taking time for yourself. Um, I like, especially over this pandemic, I was feeling very like emotionally drained because I was feeling a lot of it coming down on me and, you know, I very, very loving and uh, thoughtful partners. And, you know, they were very much like, okay, well you need a day to yourself. You need, you need your own time. So you just always have to make sure to take time for yourself. Okay. By the way, Veronica, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a tip. You guys are going to love this. 
It's a calendar <laughs> app that my family uses <laughs> yes. so that everybody knows what's going on. It's called Cozy, C-O-Z-I, and everybody, okay. and you can enter, and, and you'll know what everybody's doing at any time, and scheduling is going to be a breeze. There you go. There you go. Congratulations. Happy sex. Thank you, Preston. All right, real thanks quick, for Oh, wait, hold no, on. I go just ahead. wanted to ask, with, with that in mind, real quick, Veronica, does your husband, your primary, uh, has he met the other two? Uh, he has met one of them. Um, they, because it's his mother. Oh God. I just made you sick, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> he met, um, my, my one partner, um, because my one partner had never been part of a polyamorous relationship and he wanted to just kind of meet my husband and make sure everything was kind of copacetic. And, um, but my, my partner that I just started dating, uh, he will meet in the future. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Thank yeah. you, Veronica. We appreciate it. I sort of look at it like this, and, and please, Steve, don't make this sexual, um, <laughs> because I want to talk about my children. Uh, I have three children, and sometimes all three of them need something like at once, and it's really, really difficult to go. Okay, man. Like you know, especially when they were when they were little. It's a right. different dynamic, though, right? Well, no, it's not. I, I think it is. I think you need to understand. I think what you're not grasping is that. All of them are into this, so they understand it. If she can't be there and she can't take the time to be with them, they understand that yeah. already. Sure. Yeah. And they're adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Versus kids. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's you know, if, if, if you don't live that life, it's kind of hard to maybe wrap your mind around it, but you understand that they all understand. What if you're watching a TV series together? Yeah. <laughs> and you figure, oh, oh, my God. That's cheating, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's cheating. Dude. No, I didn't see this episode yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm going to go to, by the way, speaking of jealousy, Ian is in a polyamorous relationship, wants to talk about jealousy entering into that. Ian, good morning. Uh, is your name Ian? Uh, hello? Yes, yes, you're on the air. Oh, oh, uh, no, this isn't Ian, this is Abe. 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 Okay, we'll go yes. with Abe or Superfly. All right, Abe. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Superfly. Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> Go ahead, I, Superfly. So I've been in a I've been in a polyamorous relationship for the last about two and a half years. It's been one of the most wonderful experiences of my life. And what you guys are talking about about jealousy is entirely a thing. And my my girlfriend taught me the most amazing philosophy for dealing with jealousy that is so helpful. Basically, it's Jealousy is the fear that you will not get your needs met. Mm-hmm. So if you work to get your needs met in the relationship, you can better address the jealousy. And if you look at it like that, then it's easier to deal with. Okay, so jealousy is the fear of not having your, your needs met. Yes. Yeah. And if you work on that, if you talk about those things... Mm-hmm. Then you'll go out of your mind. Then, um, <laughs> that too. Um, okay, uh, I'd have to think a little bit. Hey, what do you say? I understand that if you yourself are, it goes to to another, just a basic core tenant of therapy. That if you if you are sure that you're happy, then that that take care of yourself, and then you will be happier. So, so in other words, make sure your needs are met, and you're less inclined, as you're saying, to be jealous correct well it's it's well that too and it's, it's actually funny you said it because i am a therapist and oh, there you go. what i've learned in this i've brought into my work with monogamous couples and it's actually helped them a lot and yeah it part of it is also you both of you in a relationship need to get y'all needs met that's the thing you need to 
need work to get your own needs met. You need to help your partner get their needs met. And by working together in that way, by working to get both of your needs met, you have a healthier, happier relationship. Okay. Mm. Hey, Abe, I, I have a question uh, tangential to this. Superfly? No, Superfly. <laughs> sorry, Superfly. Come on, sorry. Uh, <laughs> is, is it for, for those, and we have... Uh, are, all of our phone lines are lit up with people in open relationships. So there's there's plenty of people that are, uh, but the you know the majority of the world lives in this monogamous uh, uh, vein. Is it kind of exhausting having to explain it to other people who are curious about it? Uh, not as much as I thought it would be. Okay, uh, here and there, sometimes, but more than anything, it's interesting, and I I love discussing. Stuff with people. Right. I love all this, and I I kind of enjoy dealing with the silly questions okay. because when, as long as it's with a person who is open to learning, I had a wonderful conversation with my family about this like a year ago, and they, they you know they had some silly questions, but then they came to understand it, and I felt accepted, and it was it was it was wonderful. I know that not everyone's going to have that same experience, and I feel gifted for that, but yeah, honestly. I don't mind. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing, Superfly. We appreciate it. <laughs> Happily. Y'all have a great day. Uh, you right. too, man. We'll see you. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have time to go to all bitch. these other calls. I apologize for those who have been a hold for 15 minutes or more. Um, but we, we got to go live on Fox, and I don't even know what they want to talk about yet, so we need to figure this <laughs> out. Yeah, 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 probably. <laughs> but it's very, it's interesting, and uh, if it works for you and you manage to make it work, listen, there's a lot of people that, uh, that, that enter into the monogamous relationships, and it doesn't work. Relationships are relationships. They're just, they're, they're work. God bless. Uh, exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm sticking with what I got, By the way, I couldn't handle it emotionally, but yeah. There was a text that said, uh, I'm struggling to find a relationship with one person and these effers have two and three <laughs> how do you do it it's got to be depressing <laughs> all right well anyhow we need to take a quick break and make sure you stay there listen to all the wmmr podcasts as well as a live stream on your alexa enabled device just say alexa open mmr it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com, and an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit acmemarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. And the Bizarre File this morning brought to you by Royal Farms. Royal Farms, real fresh, real fast. Start each morning with a hot, fresh cup of Royal Farms coffee. It's made one cup at a time from the finest coffee beans in the world and freshly ground just seconds before serving. A Florida teacher is facing felony drug charges after police say she tried to buy methamphetamine while she was teaching. 
Hey, does anyone have any meth? Valerie Lee Prince, a first grade teacher at Jacksonville Heights Elementary School, was in contact with an undercover officer, an audio recording. Revealed a woman talking to an officer about buying an $85 eight ball or an eighth of an ounce of methamphetamine. The kids are being a real drag today. The woman identified as Prince is heard telling the undercover undercover officer he can come to the school. He can be there before kids arrive at 8.30 a.m. or during her lunch break at 11 a.m. According to the officer, it was a pretty nonchalant request, and the indication was that it was no big deal to the suspect. I'm reading Charlotte's Web to them today, and I really want to put a lot into the performance. The teacher intended to leave the classroom of first graders to buy the narcotics, use some, and save the rest for her boyfriend. No, that's very nice. Uh, She was charged with possession of methamphetamine. (laughs) That's a good teacher. (laughs) A seafood salesman has been found guilty of smuggling more than uh, almost, it's near $100 million worth of endangered live eels out of the U.K. Wow. Yeah. $100 million? Gilbert Koo transported the rare elvers from London to Hong Kong hidden underneath other fish between 2015 and 2017. He was caught after Border Force authorities found 200 kilograms of the European glass eels, which are critically endangered at Heathrow Airport in the first seizure of its kind in the U.K. Koo, who was found guilty of three counts to of failure to notify movement of animals and three counts of evasion of the export of goods, uh, is being held. He kept the live eels imported from countries within the EU in a barn in uh, Glo- uh, Gloucestershire, uh, before repackaging them to be exported to Asia. Eels fetch more than ten times the price they would in the U.K. on the East Asian black market, where they are considered a delicacy and are in high demand, apparently. That's an insane amount of money. Yeah, it says nearly $100 million worth of eels. That's Unbelievable. crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. A high school student was seriously burned in the middle of school. She says a classmate set her pants on fire for no reason. And now that other student, 18-year-old Andre Allen, is facing serious charges. The old set-the-pants-on-fire gag. Yeah, the victim was inside Perry Traditional Academy in Pittsburgh when the unprovoked attack happened. She was treated for second-degree burns to her knee. Jeez. Allen had a lighter and was walking down the hallway. The other student was actually talking to the assistant principal when police (laughs) said Allen bent down and lit her pants on fire. She's talking to the assistant principal at the time? Yeah, yeah. The principal helped the victim actually put the fire out, but the damage had been done. School police said Allen lit the student's frayed jeans on her right knee. We used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she was treated for second-degree burns. Actually, it just caught really, really quick, Nick. Wow. And investigators say the incident was caught on the school security cameras. Police have entered that as evidence in the case. Allen is facing aggravated assault, reckless endangerment, and arson charges. Did anyone ever go up in your uh, case? No, but I forget why we did it. Like, would it just burn quickly and then go out? Or there was yeah, probably the, it. The phrase do. Yeah, no one wants to cause knee damage. No, but there was some uh, quick thrill that would come as a result. And so we, yeah, we did that. Like nice a boner? boner? Not a boner <laughs> per se. Well, it was high school, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We probably got wood for you. Just got a match boner. Man, I got another boner. Got a flame boner. (laughs) Got a flame boner. (laughs) So this guy's facing arson charges. (laughs) For setting someone's knee. That's just a crazy world we live in with those kids, Preston. The natural (laughs) world never fails to surprise us either. There's an encounter between an orangutan and a man in Borneo that has melted hearts all over the world. Amateur photographer Anil uh, Prebacher 
uh, captured the fleeting moment in which one of the Indonesian island's critically endangered apes stretched out its hand to help a man out of snake-infested water. I'm just an orangutan, but I know you need help. Preybacher and I extend my hand to do so. Was on a safari with friends at an, a conservation forest run by the Borneo Orangutan Survival Foundation. Uh, when he witnessed the scene, it's pretty wild. The picture, it looks like this ape is saying, it's helping. come here, I'm going to help you out. Uh, there was a report of a of uh, snakes in that area, so the warden came Go over. Ahead, take my hand, Russ, please. And he... <laughs> <laughs> Bro-dozer. Bro-dozer. <laughs> and uh, he was... I clear- saw you struggling in that snake pit, and I had to help. The, war- the warden was, was clearing snakes... <laughs> Uh, the photographer said, I saw an orangutan come very close to him and just offer him his hand. Isn't that wild? He said it was difficult for the guard to move in the muddy, flowing water. It seemed as if the orangutan was saying, may I help you, to the man. Uh, the photographer said, I just grabbed that moment. It yeah, was, give me your wallet. <laughs> it was really emotional. <laughs> Venomous snakes are predators of uh, Borneo's orangutans, which are under threat from forest fires, habitat loss, and hunting. Uh, the guard apparently then moved away from the ape and climbed out of the water when uh, Prebacher had asked why he moved away. He said they are completely wild. We don't know how they'll react. Uh, he said the entire encounter lasted just three or four minutes. So the ape's trying to help out, and he, yeah. he blows him off? Yeah. Don't leave me hanging here, roast beef. Yes. <laughs> trying to have you. But it is a, it's a pretty wild picture, yeah. Well, a man who police say was hiding out in the rafters of a grocery store and stealing merchandise for weeks has been arrested. The phantom of the grocery store. Last month, police released surveillance video from the Hagen Northwest Fresh Market showing a man who would appear from the rafters of the store after hours and steal items like cigarettes. I'm above the cereal aisle. That's where I live. A uh, tipster was able to identify the man. The Phantom of the Supermarket's here inside your ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) The police served a search warrant at his home. There was a spill, you see, on aisle three. Where he was arrested. Police no longer believe he was living in the ceiling of the Hagen Market. Police looked at the of the supermarket here above aisle three. <laughs> that could still be an exciting yeah. show. It would be amazing. Police looked into his background and found that he has a history of construction and roofing. Which would explain how he was able to access the ceiling and come and go as he pleased. That's the phantom of the supermarket. Yeah, the man was also found with $8,000 worth of goods from the store, including top-shelf liquor, cigarettes, and expensive wheels of cheese. (laughs) 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 The phantom of the supermarket. (laughs) Stealing my face. 
But you have such wonderful cheeses. <laughs> it is the only thing I have. <laughs> you love me only for my cheeses. I love you for who you are. No, I say no. It's all about my cheese. <laughs> my cheese is everything. Inconvenient wheels. You try to make me slip with banana peels. <laughs> Also, so he was stealing top shelf Laker cigarettes and expensive wheels of cheese. One of the wheels of cheese was four hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a big show at the uh, BB and T. Wheels of cheese. He also uh, caused uh, thirteen thousand dollars worth of damage to the store. Uh, he's facing multiple charges of burglary and theft. And there you go. That's what I have in the wasn't there a guy down the shore who put on a big Phantom of the Opera show at some restaurant? Was yes. The, 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 you remember somebody yeah, calling yeah. in? That was like his big thing. He would come out in like a, like a velvet yeah, like wear a the cape, cape and the everything. Whole thing and, the, yeah. and the mask. And it was like a, a restaurant, like 30 people sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody had a, a show they sent to me, like an Elvis impersonator who took a break halfway through, and then a strong man would come out and bend. No. Bend like pans, and then Elvis would come back out. And it was Down the shore? I think so. Oh, I think it's great. in the area. I love shows like that. Well, we'll take a break, come back, and get to that when we return. Stay with us. Check out new music from Greta Van Fleet and Dirty Honey. Plus, Pierre's video interview from Studio Z with Dexter and Noodles from The Offspring. Click contests for your shot at $500. Part of T-Mobile 5G Fridays. Coverage and speed. Who says you can't have it all? T-Mobile, are you with us? I saw a study over the weekend that uh, pretty much indicated what is a no-brainer that Anxiety levels are way up this year because yes. of uh, the the pandemic and and all of that, and, and there are more people that are that are seeking uh, you know help uh, as far as uh, uh, going to therapists and things from like that. very serious to just con- to sort of on edge a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I saw this survey um, that was asked a thousand Americans uh, their experiences and uh, what is the most uh, stressful event in their life. The most stressful event in their life. Yes, and I think this would be, you know, short of something horrible right. happening in your life. You know, like, like on a, a crashing plane. Yeah, yeah, you know, deaths in the family, things like that. Outside of that. Right, or a bear attack. And this is neck and neck. I'll give you the, the top two most stressful events. Or the only ones I actually have on this list are... Number one is moving is by far the most stressful event in yeah. life. At number one, yeah. moving. Second, so that was 45% of respondents said that. 44% of the respondents said going through a breakup or divorce hmm. so is the most stressful. <laughs> moving so beats divorce. Divor- You've beats done both, Nick. Yeah. 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 And actually, they're usually hand in hand, aren't they? Well, yeah, coincidentally yeah, enough, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, to be honest, <clears throat> I hate moving more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how much I hate moving. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, on, like, 
divorce is divorce, but b- moving is so forever. Stressful. <laughs> yeah, moving is forever. No, I, I of all of the things on the planet that I hate, moving ranks number one. I, I would say that that causes me the most stress. Just the amount of work that's involved. Oh my god, buying and selling of a house, the yes. timing of those things, the finances, everything that goes into it is enormously stressful. The buying and selling of the house is is stress. Absolutely. The the part that I can't stand is the packing yep. everything up and physically moving it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I did the, you know, move your own stuff a few times and that was when I lived in apartments. Oh, jeez. Uh, once yeah. you get to a house. Right. Uh, I don't know how you can move stuff yourself. No. It's just, you need, you need, you need bodies. You need manpower. I was close to it. We had, um, a, a, a large apartment with three guys and we moved from one apartment to another apartment so there was a lot of stuff moving. We did that. That was arduous and exhausting. But yeah, I don't know. You you're just flirting with suicide if mm. if you if you try to move an entire house by yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. It's not as bad when you have some time to actually prepare. You know, like when we were moving, um, we. Had a little bit of time. Now, I also, my wife did everything, so I really was uh That really helps. <laughs> yeah, someone else does everything else. Stress-free, but she was really able to sort of, like, break it down and, and, yeah. and do it. in Room by room, right? Room by room, yeah. over time. We, you know, we used it to, to purge a lot of things. But, like, I mean, personally, I don't even like moving furniture. You know what I mean? Like, just, just even... moving it around? Just moving it around. Right. We're, I, we're talking about getting, uh, like, new floors in the house. And I told my wife, I go, well, I, I don't want to move the dining room furniture. That is so heavy. Like, I don't even want to move it so from put, the dining room to the You put the floor the around the furniture? Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Dude, it's so heavy. Yeah. It no, so no. I, I hear you. I, I've actually moved so many of my friends throughout uh. my life uh, because I'm the pack animal of the group. Yeah, and, here's some weights, Steve. Yeah, move yeah come move this. And I... I I've gotten called to do it so that I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So I can jump in and do it. The thing is, is that um, you got to get good at two things. And I think, Preston, you've probably picked up your game on this as well, which is the once or twice a year purge. Yeah. We, if if you stay on a consistent purging schedule, a move is not as daunting. When I failed to do that over the course of years and entered into hoarder territory, yeah. and then you attempt to move, oh, my God. I just, on Friday, drove by my neighbor's house, and uh, he had rented a one of those big disposal... Uh, like I don't a dumpster know, or dumpster. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. And we didn't know they were doing it, <laughs> yeah. and, and he had it full. I yeah. mean, wow. filled to the top, and we just stopped by and said uh-huh. hi real quick, and they're, yeah, they're doing the big purge right now. But not moving. They're just purging. Right. That's yeah. a, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I did some, I mean, not dumpster level stuff, but just a garage over the weekend, and yeah, Steve, you're right, it's really cleansing, but my mom uh, made this point to me a few years ago, because they moved from one place to another, and she ba- her point was, essentially, when you're moving, you either end up touching everything in your house or looking at everything in your house, because you have to. In, in order and you to have to review and then you have to review. You have to figure out, am I going to keep this? And yeah. Do I use this? Do I need this? Yep. And then if you can, do what I did on my last move, which is move eight minutes away from your first oh, house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, dude. So you can do, you can do uh, literally popping so much in your car. Yeah. And the preamble to huh. the move. Now, a cross-country move and all that stuff where you, yeah. have to, you have to incorporate the trucks and the fleet of stuff and the packing. Have you guys ever done the full soup to nuts? The guys just come in and pack everything for you and do it. And move it, and you, you're just kind of standing back and directing. No, I don't yeah, know that they I they held people packaged for us. And, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, but did they come into your house? Class action lawsuit against them. <laughs> that's right. uh, did yeah. they come in? They packed up your stuff. Yeah, in they your packed house. our stuff. Yeah. See, I never everything. did that. We packed some of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
Well, that's a good question, Kathy. Well, maybe, I think... I, maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly. You're so maybe, emotionally scarred. Yeah, maybe we did the packing, the boxing of it. Because there, I mean, you can hire them to come in and pack your stuff up. I would like, love to do that. Your dishes, mine, your everything, right? Everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything. And, and I don't care. Wear my underwear. Do whatever yeah. you want. It's fine. Do you pack knock it up. yourself Thank out. You. This is my wife. Have at her. Yeah, have her. <laughs> Go ahead. She's horny. I, just the idea. Just putting that stuff in boxes. We'll find it later. That's fine. Yeah. Just you mark know. this box dildos and get it out yeah. of here. Yeah. Oh man. I'm sure they see everything too. By the they way, movers. Yeah. But I you bet have they're, to. they're immune to it. They probably don't care yeah. anymore either. Yeah. Exactly. They just smell it and put it in the box. <laughs> by the way, ninety-four percent of the uh, survey uh, surveyed uh, had said uh, that who, the people who had hired movers for their last journey said it was worth every penny. Ninety-four percent. Yeah. It's it's uh, one of those costs that like. You don't mind paying, especially when it's over with. Yeah, yeah. you hire the the initial cost, and then the class action, co- the lawyers <laughs> pressed in in the class action suit, right? And then you're good to go, right? And then uh, it's interesting that it's uh, that it just edged out uh, a divorce. <laughs> but you know, again, those are two things that are often tied inextricably to each other. Did yeah. I tell when, you guys, when you're getting a divorce? At some point, someone's moving. Yeah. I, I may have mentioned this to you guys before, but I, I know um, two people who are going through a divorce right now and can't afford to move. Yeah. And so they are stuck in the same uh, house and under the same roof, and, and he moved into the basement, and yeah. she's living on the, on the second floor, and <sighs> they, they're trying. I mean, they're, they're civil, but they're literally getting divorced. That, that dynamic is a trip, and I've seen that many times. I've seen that many times. They cohabitate. And sometimes it's it works, and everybody respects each other's privacy. And then if you have kids and you got to split the time, I've also seen another dynamic where one where where they get an apartment and they actually share that apartment, meaning stay in the house. Whoever who has custody of the kids that week mm-hmm. stays they in go the, to house, the house, yeah. And then they flip flop between just one apartment. No, and they yeah. share that as well. So no, you, really? you leave next mm-hmm. week and go live in the apartment. I'll be at the house I with the kids. Do that. I don't yeah, know. That way you don't uproot the kids because, like, yeah. you know, ultimately, like... F the kids. After one person gets a significant other, there's no way that that's going to end. Then that would have to change. No, well, would, would it behoove anybody involved in a marriage or, or starting out these days with the divorce rate as high as it is, make sure you build a tree fort. So yeah. you have a place can always to move into. Listen, I got a shed out back, and don't think I haven't thought about. Sure, man. Could I stay the night in that? How thing? much room do I need? Yeah, and and is it warm enough? A little insulation. I think I could make that a nice little. I, line I have had two basement apartments in my life. I could do a tool shed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's that's a pretty wild dynamic when you uh, when you're going through a divorce, living under the same roof. And then if that person starts dating someone else as well, I've seen that too. God. Which is just well, complicated. And what if you don't have like separate entrances? And what if you, how do you, uh, do you literally put a line down the middle of the refrigerator? <laughs> I mean, so much of what is was part of your relationship together would still be intact. You're operating this. You're in the same physical space. What's that movie? War of the Roses. Oh my God! Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And yeah. they did. They put they put a line oh, down a line. the middle of the house. <laughs> God, it can get crazy. I can, I can imagine that stress level. But I've seen, Nick, I've seen that that scenario play out over years, like multiple years together. And 
That's another. How do you do that? Thing is, is why people don't finalize. That's that we've talked about that before. I just I can't. I, I don't get it. Yeah. But I've never gone through it. So you know, I, I guess mean, people. Some people just like to fight, or they they don't want to back down at, at all at any point. So I can or, see that. But or they just it was tra- it was traumatizing in the initial step, and they just it's that thing they don't want to get around to. I I know somebody who's it's like. You're 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 still married. I, right? I thought for sure they'd been divorced years ago, but they're still technically married. I wonder how many times moving will lead to divorce. <laughs> the uh, stress involved yeah. in the move. Yeah. Here's a couple other things concerning moves. Number one, this text says, "I'm moving in two weeks." Is Steve available? <laughs> uh, then this one says, "I bought a truck." Mistake. Yep. Now oh, I have to wants... help everyone. No, you don't have to. No, move. you don't. No, you don't. No. No. <laughs> they know. I hired a moving company. Now it's your turn to hire a moving oh. company. Buy your own that's, truck. That's true. If you buy a truck, yeah. you're you're the guy or gal who's uh who's gonna be asked for help from time yeah. to time. Not necessarily just moving just you anything. Know, yeah. yeah, anything. Well, let yeah. me ask you, Case, your dad yeah. uh, with this fleet of trucks, right? He had a couple trucks. Uh, well he had a truck, yeah. Okay, a truck. Was he constantly getting hit up for the uh, constantly no, but I mean, with each of us, right. like my sister, right. you know, like when she moved from her town home to her uh, house that she's at now, like we did that, like yeah, both, yeah. you know, like the brothers and sisters, and and then I believe my the bro- brothers Foster moving um, company. And when Diane and I moved from, we had a little place that we were renting in Conshohocken before we bought our home in Broomall, and we used it was snowing that day, uh, and we so we used this truck then. But then after that, like we hired moving company. Yeah, you know that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Hang on, I want to go to. Uh, I, have, I have a number of different types of calls coming up here. Uh, I'm going to go to Karen. Hi, Karen. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's Hi, up, Karen? How you, how you guys doing? Good. Yeah, I was married uh, for 25 years and lived in the same house when we were getting divorced uh, for like four years. Four years. <laughs> yeah, All right. I couldn't afford a divorce, so. No. How, so how ex- to go. How excruciating was that? It was horrible. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was okay. For him, he had a hard time with it. But you know, it is what it is. And now and I'm out. I'm oh, out now. All right, good, good. Did right. you uh, yeah, did yeah. you date during that time? Four years? Yeah, but I didn't flaunt it. You know, like I didn't like he didn't know. Like he never. I never brought anybody to my house. I so, never brought anybody. So back. you'd bring you'd bring guys dressed in as other as your female friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sally. <laughs> guys with a mustache and <laughs> yeah, manly friend. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, for, how about him? Did he date? And did he flaunt it in front of you? No, no, no. Okay. No. He was he was very bitter, and I wasn't bitter. I just I just said it's not working, and it, you know, no, most people don't get 25 years. No, 25 yeah. years is a good run. I mean, that's it, that's pretty yeah. substantial. Exactly. Exactly. It's a cool, you know, it's a mo- half of my life. I'm sure. What, so what What actually ended up, were you like going through his luggage? You found an Elvis costume or something like that? You found out that no, he was. No, we just, it's just, we just didn't get a look. We had nothing in common. Like after the kids are grown. Oh. Like, you know, you grow okay. apart. You have yeah. nothing in common. And he didn't want to, like, and he wasn't nice to me. <laughs> oh, well, they, they, well that's that, a deal breaker. That definitely doesn't yeah. help. Yeah. Did you and, guys eat meals together? Did you eat like, meals together or anything like that? No, 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 no. Okay. No. I had a nice finished basement, so I had a nice, you know, it was a nice... Yeah, your apartment, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was basically an apartment with my own entrance. I couldn't... Like, could you imagine people eating Thanks, meals Karen. together? No. I mean, I know you're being civil, but that's part of the... No. No. So, both breaking up, going through a divorce, and moving. Two of the most stressful things in life. I'm going to go to Caitlin talking about moving. Hi, Caitlin. Good morning. Good morning, Preston. How are you? Great. What's up, Caitlin? So, my husband and I, three years ago, ended up moving home with one baby twice in eight months. 
Twice in eight months. Yes. It was a series of unfortunate events, and I should have listened to you guys years ago because I called you when I bought my first house, and you told me it was going to be a mistake, and you were right. We did? Um, Why did we oh, tell wait, you that? Yeah, re-familiarize us with the story, please. Uh, years ago, I bought the house next door to my in-laws, and you told me it was a bad idea. Next door to your in-laws? Okay. Yes. And I it was I thought it was going to be great, and then whole slew of things happened. I don't want to rehash it because we're actually all on good terms now. Okay. But um, we ended up moving twice in the span of eight months, and now our current home does not fit our needs. Uh, we just found out we're having a third baby. Ah. And we're doing all kinds of renovation just because we don't want to move again. Yeah. Rebuild the house. Don't move. Yes. You know yeah. what? A nice little place has opened up near your in-laws. You might want to check that <laughs> <No>. out. <laughs> so, so, things how, are good with them, and they're they're amazing. Um, but, yeah, we're redoing the attic now. We're going to completely refinish it as a livable space okay. just because my husband really doesn't want to move again. Honestly, I understand that. So we were in a, a house in, in Maniunk, and I love Maniunk, and we were... The conversation kept coming up. Should we add a third floor on? Yeah, should we we've actually this? kicked that around. Right. Too. Should we do this? Because you love the place. And, and it is. That's how much of a pain in the ass moving is. Mm-hmm. No, let's rebuild this place. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. you will think about it. But it, right. just, it just is not feasible. It was not feasible for that house. All right. Thanks, Caitlin. Appreciate it. No problem. It. Have a good one, guys. All right. See you later. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to go to here. Here's somebody who dated somebody who they live still live with their ex. Hi, Tim. Good morning. Good morning, it's Jim. Oh, Jim, hey. sorry. What's up, Jim? Hey, listen, man, I had a strange thing, man. I dated this chick, and her and her ex-husband still live together. Okay. And then after a while, she moved me in. And, and then I ended and up... Wait, 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 stop. And he still lived there? And he still lived there. Oh, no. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> well, I ended up being uh, better friends with him. <laughs> stop. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love stuff like that. You became closer to him than to her. Now, did you and he get it on? Nah. Okay, okay. But wait a minute. So now, at at this point, with you guys becoming buddies, did you start, uh, you know, sharing stories about her with each other? Well, that's how it all started. He would take, he, you know, he had, play, he, I guess it was his plan anyway to, to get me out of the picture, but he would take me out to the bars and stuff and tell me about her and da 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 da. da. Oh. So he was, then, he he wanted her back fully. It, well, it never happened, but I think so. Okay. But, we, but we're still friends today. Like, I still hang out with him today. <laughs> I don't even. Oh, my God. What about I mean, her? What about her? That end? Ah, uh, yeah, he's, I, I don't know what happened to her. She's gone. <laughs> I <laughs> don't know what happened to her. But you got a buddy out of the situation. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> exactly. I found a friend for life. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and you Dude. both bonded over your girlfriend. <laughs> and those aren't easy to come by. No, no, no. no, no. You. So, all right. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Thank you. Can you imagine the other, the other guy, the ex, is there, and, and she comes in with a guy, and he's just kind of giggling, going, yeah. <laughs> Just hang yeah, on, so, buddy. Yeah, You'll, yeah. See. You'll see. It's coming. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Tara. Hi, Tara. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, Tara? Um, I've been divorced for about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved out. I was with somebody, and I ended up moving back. Um, I still live with him again. <laughs> and well, I- is is it? Did you move back in because you're going? You want to get the relationship back together, or for you, you needed a place financial. to go? I needed a place to go. Financial, okay. Wow. Okay, and are things civil? 
somewhat. I get kicked out occasionally. <laughs> you get kicked out? Yes, we have issues, um, but we work them out. We're like best friends. Well, uh, let me ask you, Tara. So, so he it had to be civil enough that where you're broken up, you're out of the house, and you asked to come back, and and he agrees to that. Yes, yes, uh, he did. Yeah. So, God, so you're you're dealing with the the two gigantic stressful things in life: moving, divorce. Getting going back in with this guy and raising ducklings, right? No. That too. <laughs> Casey's in the middle of that. Yes, I have two at home. One just turned twenty, actually, and graduated. You have a twenty-year-old duck. duck. Wow, yeah, and they're they're World you're record. so proud. <laughs> well, we have eight together, but yeah. eight ducks eight together. Ducks. Oh my god, that's so cute. <laughs> that's a gaggle. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's um, a lot of kids, man. And you were saying about eating dinner together. I still cook dinner. I serve him. Um, you know, it's it's civil as well as it So can. are you dating anybody? Um <laughs> You're dating him, aren't you? No, no. No, no, no. no. She probably doesn't want to admit that she's dating somebody on the off chance that he hears it and might make things weird. Do you think he's dating someone else? Oh. Uh, I believe so. Okay. It, it, it isn't discussed. We don't talk about it. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Wow. All right. Thank you, Tara. Good luck with everything. Thank you. A lot of scenarios out there mm-hmm. you don't consider. You know what I mean? It's you very don't think brittle. About what's, what's going on in, in some people's lives. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going back to moving. I'm moving. Gonna go, I'm going to go to Joe Bob. Worked for a moving company. Joe Bob. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? All right. So in the very beginning, um, yeah, there's probably not a thing that we have not I have not seen. <laughs> okay. As a mover. Companies. Yeah. As a mover. Yeah. I started doing it when I was about 15 years old, like as a summertime gig, and that's actually I saw my uh, first dead body. <laughs> you, oh, hey. Your um, first dead, well, you, people like to pack up the dead bodies when they move, so <laughs> please tell the story about that. Uh, that was just an eviction, and the sheriff didn't want to go in first. But Ooh. I actually moved a, uh, a, a whorehouse one time, which was uh, when I was about 17 years old, which was uh, very interesting as well. A whorehouse? A whorehouse, yes. How many whores were in the house? Four. Now what do you do? Do you do you saran do you saran wrap them up and put them in the boxes? Or I, so what was what was moved in the whorehouse? What was what was very whorehousian about what you moved? Well, I mean, it was, it was you know very minimal in the furniture. Obviously, um, there was beds, but I mean, you know, like as we were trying to do the move itself. Um, you know, a couple of the girls are trying to be very flirtatious. You know, so coming down the steps with a dresser, one would come up behind you and, you know, kind of like stick her hands between your legs and start trying to play with you a little bit. It's what? like you're trying. That's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's enjoyable, but, yes, it's dangerous when you have a 300-pound dresser in your arms. <laughs> Joe Bob, were they, were they trying to get out of paying the bill maybe by, you know, rendering services? <laughs> maybe. I'm not sure. But, yeah. I mean. Yeah, you name it. We've probably, I mean, we've probably seen it. You know, we've had uh, guys' wives walking around in lingerie when the husband leaves to go to the store or something for a little while. Wow. All right. Did you ever you know, ev- did you ever uh, accept an offer, or you did you always remain professional? I always tried to remain professional. <laughs> tried. Uh, I did meet. I did meet one girl one time. Um, actually, say a couple out on jobs. You know, they weren't, it wasn't like nothing inappropriate. You know, right. it was just, oh, you know, he's good looking, she's good looking. You know, we exchanged numbers. Okay. And, you know, dated for a little while, but nothing, um, always tried to keep it somewhat professional. You know, you don't, because you don't know where their mindset is at. Are they just being flirtatious? Are they trying to do something to get a rise out of you? No, they want to get a refrigerator moved. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. get you in trouble later on. So That's true. Like, 
How often did you see drugs? Uh, a lot. A yeah. lot. Was it mainly weed, or did you see some other stuff? Uh, we saw some other stuff as well. A lot of weed, definitely. Um, but it was like we we definitely did a lot of evictions. So when you did the evictions, the evictions is where like that's where you saw the most. I mean, so the, to your earlier story, to your earlier mention of the dead body, what was what was that like? Did you just open up a door and there was a, like a, a corpse on the floor? Yeah. So we were in uh, South Philly, and um, you know. It, when you have evictions, you usually send, like, 10 guys out to the house because the boss didn't get paid a lot for them. So it's like, get in and get out as quickly as possible. Right. Uh, so we went in, and me and another guy, we were like, all right, let's go for the basement. And we started walking down there, and we opened the basement door, and it just smelled. Of course. Uh, mm. And first off, the, the sheriffs didn't do their job. You know, they're supposed to go in, make sure the whole house is cleared. These guys just kind of opened the door. Hey, anyone home? Sheriff's department. Nobody answered. They're like, all right, go ahead. Wow. So we walked down, and this guy's body was, like, wrapped in barbed wire. Oh. His tongue was cut off. Like, oh, oh, my God. His were cut off. Wow. So it was <laughs> yeah, a suicide. I was, like, I was 15 years old, so I was like, Dude. holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> so did you guys, I, I assume you didn't work that day and that they, the authorities took over. Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't finish that job at all. At all, no. Can you imagine? Uh, you're 15. Yeah. You see a body like oh. that. That's obviously like some sort of drug murder or something. They, they cut their fingers. Yeah. Off. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, uh, it was definitely. Um, I, I don't even know the word right now. It's not like fun. Right now. I was, yeah, yeah, so fun. I was just like, uh, uh, like, like, what do I do? Like, I don't want. I mean, again, I was 15. Yeah, I was making like ten bucks an hour under the table, which is great money at that age. Yeah, and, at um, at that point, you should have insisted on whorehouses only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I didn't want to tell my parents either, so I never. Told them as well. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, dude, interesting. All right, thank you, Joe Bob. Appreciate Jesus, it, man. I never thought about that. Houses that have been seized, yeah, they go in, so they got it. They have to get people professionally to do that, wow. and the stuff you would see wow. like that wow. can't even imagine. Nick pulled up this, uh, as you can imagine. As you can imagine. Uh, Nick, Nick pulled up this. As you can imagine. Uh, this full list of the most stressful ice events. So, so yeah, moving is 45%. Going through a divorce, 44%. Getting married was 33%. Having children, 31%. Right. Uh, starting your first job ever, 28%. Entering a new career or industry is 27%. Uh, sending a child off to college, 26%, most stressful. We assume your kid, right? Not someone else. Yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. your, your yeah, own yeah, yeah. child. Starting college yourself, 22%. These are most stressful life events. Uh, dating someone new, 10%. And getting a pet is the uh, hmm. no, the final one at 7%. What about defusing a bomb? That would be pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't Most people. do that. Though. We have a, uh, a Twitter poll up, too, now, Preston, for okay. uh, which is more stressful, moving or divorce, and... Right now, divorce is barely holding on to the lead, but we'll see where it goes. Yeah, it's neck and neck, so you can uh, contribute to that if you like. All right, we need to take a break. Uh, We're going to do that very thing. Come back in a second. We're going to get to the Bizarre File, so make sure you stay with. We'll be back in a sec. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip up to seven times a day. 
starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10, and noon. Then 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play one of your favorite Preston and Steve clips. Where are the sausages? And also give you a keyword. Text that to 45911 or enter it on our website or app to get in the running for the $10,000 grand prize every time you play. That's correct! See official rules and details at WMMR.com. I'm scared. 93.3 WMMR. They rock, guys. Fuck everybody. Everything that rocks. I saw a list that uh, popped up on Reddit. It's for the list-seer. The, the list-seer? <laughs> All right, we won't I, do that one. I saw a list. Yeah, I like this list, though. Sometimes you the, the Reddit list that I think are oh. just like useless, but this is... This is a good subject matter. You know what I meant to do? What'd I'm you sorry. Do? Um, I have a couple Are we changing of... complete directions? No, they're shard outs. I'll save them for the next segment. Right. Uh, I was going to do that first, but I messed up. All right, so anyhow, uh, a Reddit user had posed a question. What widely accepted fact do you know is wrong? Huh. Uh, I like things like this, where you, you, you labor under a, a mistruth. Yes, thousands of users uh, started debunking common quote-unquote facts that are actually total BS. But and like you truly believe it? Yeah, yes. Like you were taught this growing right. up. You, okay. you either, not necessarily in school, some of them maybe in school, but just as, uh, just common knowledge. My nephew, who is uh, nephew-in-law, who has been, um, you know, is gainfully employed down in Washington, D.C., for the longest time, thought the Titanic sunk in the Pacific off of Alaska because that's where the ice is and the icebergs. Oh, my God. oh okay. <laughs> All right. Not true. No. All right. So here's one that I believed forever, that if you touch a baby bird, the parents will abandon it yes. or kill it. That's yeah. not true. It's not true. In reality, most birds don't do that. Doesn't mean that it won't happen, but most birds don't do that. If you help a baby bird back into its nest, as long as you try not to disturb the nest then everything should be all right. So where did that come from? And why does every like, I, I, my guess is cats put it out there. No, but I (laughs) just heard a mother say that to a child. There there was a baby bird and she was like, oh, but we can't touch it because, and she started to explain it. So it's still Uh, out there. A few years ago, they, a bird, I came out in the driveway and there was a baby bird and it was sitting and it was, you know, clearly not able to fly. It had fallen and there was unbeknownst to me, there was a nest up in the, like in the gutter or, you know, in part of my house. And um, I didn't know what the hell to do because the bird's sitting there, its mouth is opening Aww. and closing. I'm like, oh, my, I felt horrible. You yeah. went and found some worms, chewed them up, spit them into his mouth. Ew. I did. I did what, it, what, what mom would do. <laughs> no, I actually, I got a ladder. I called a friend of mine who does uh, wildlife animal, not not uh, domesticated animals. but You hit it with re- the ladder? No, but rescues wild animals like squirrels and yes, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I called him up. I'm like, dude. I'm not going to sit here and let this thing die no, in my driveway. No, and uh, and I, I go, but I can't touch it, right? And he's like, no, that's not true. Don't worry about it. Try and yeah. put the bird back in the nest. Either the mother will accept it or it won't. You at least can try. And what and happened? Do that. Uh, I don't remember. I think I think the bird. I think I ended up finding it dead on the on the driveway. You tried though. You yeah. tried. Yeah. So I had my my cat, uh, who's <clears throat> we have one cat that is supposed to go outside. Uh, the, the vet actually said psychologically it benefits the cat. I do not like it, but it's what we do because it benefits this cat. Caught a bird, and the bird was just stunned. But I I picked up the bird and we brought it to the Schuylkill Wildlife Center. So and then they they you know they they take care of it. But I, yes, I'd heard that Preston, and they also confirmed that's not the case. If you touch if you touch the majority of time, you can put it up in the nest yeah. and it'll be fine. 
Now, let me ask you something separate from this list. I'm going to go yes. back to this list. And, and if you see, if you see like a dying animal, yes. a suffering animal that's on the way out, you shoot it. Can, yeah, can you can you br- can you bring yourself to kill it to take it out of its misery? I have never done that. I I have driven. I prob if I had to, and I knew the thing was in extreme misery, I would probably set it on fire and drive away. <laughs> Run over it, uh, so you didn't have to watch it. Yeah, I get it that. would be slower, yeah. but I know it eventually. No, no. Yeah. I, what I would do is like, like uh, I remember there was a raccoon that had been hit by a car, and I drove all over God's creation looking for an animal hospital. I finally found one. Uh, and it and it, it pissed and crapped all over my my car. Oh, oh dear man. God! But you I, picked I was, it up and put it in your I, car. I knew, and it could have been rabbit in the whole thing. Ugh. But I'm like, God, I'm go- hang in there, buddy. Steve, I just saw somebody doing uh, not that, but something very similar on 347 on Friday. I was driving down to the beach, and there were two cars pulled over to the side yeah. of the road. I didn't know what was going on, and as I was driving slowly past them, one dude was on all fours. I, I don't know what he and was. The other do- guy was behind. <laughs> no, no, there was a, there was a raccoon there, and I don't know if the raccoon had been hit by a car uh, or what the situation was. But I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Man? I know, like- I know. But in that moment, you're you know, we're all of us, you know, and maybe you say except Kathy with possums. But for the most part, you're like, you want to intercede and bet and try to help. You don't want to see anything suffer, you know. But I, I've seen cops. There, you know, when we yeah, used to work in kill media, an injured animal. a deer is, sure. is has been hit by a car and is dying, and and Take out the gun and, and kill oh, it. Oh, I yep. was right behind a police officer on 23 right here in Gladwin. Yeah. And uh, he, there was there was a deer off to the side. He was the car in front of me. He stopped, so I stopped. I didn't know what he was doing. I, he apparently had been called out to it, and he yeah. got out, and I saw him looking. I'm like, oh, look at the poor deer is injured. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I see the gun. I was like, oh, oh, my God, he just killed it. You saw that? I watched me- it. Dude got it back in his police car and drove away. I was like, oh, my God, that's it? That's, I mean, honestly, if you're going to put it out of its misery, it's like me, myself, yeah. and Irene with oh the cow. Oh, my God, the cow. God, that scene is so damn funny. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, let me see. What else do we have here? These are uh, widely accepted facts that you know that are, is not true. Yeah, inaccurate. Here's one. It says your head does not lose more heat than the rest of your body. I can verify this. Okay. As a bald man, I people always say, oh, don't you, you know... If, if my head is not covered in the winter, you know, it, yeah. it, I notice no difference. You cover your ears, yes. and that's about it. Yeah, I, I put uh, little doilies on them. No, no, but I, I, yeah, it just, uh, it's not as dramatic as people say. Yeah, huh. uh, apparently it's about the same. Uh, yes. The amount of uh, heat. That Otherwise, I'd put bacon strips on my bald head. Now, I think the reason being is most of the time your your head is not as covered as you are yeah. in the wintertime. Oh. Your, your, you know, your torso and your legs are completely covered. Your head is somewhat exposed even if you're wearing a hat. So. It's weird because I don't, like, when it's freezing out and I'm outside in the elements, I don't get uh, the shivers or the chills or whatever. But I get them in my house. All the time, hmm. and well, I don't know why that happens. I, I, yeah, I know that I, that that can be a, a weird thing. Where uh, it's, you think it's because you're sedentary in your house and moving around more I when you're outside. I think that's part of it. I find Nick that if my core is warm, appendage, I can wear shorts and I'll go hiking in yeah. the in the dead of winter. If I'm warm uh, around my my you know my chest and my as I said my core. I'm fine. Yeah, you always want to. What is it? You, you always want to dress down when you start a hike in the winter because you'll warm up quickly. 
I, and, that, and people don't know that, and you'll, you'll see them sweating their balls off. Yeah, they, they're going they, along. They overdress on winter yeah. hikes. I always so, wear like, like a tuxedo, but the arms are cut off. <laughs> no, I meant that stylish. I meant like yeah. warmth. So, that's, so a, that's a fact that people believe. I Here, don't put a carnation in my lapel. Top that on. Here's another one. Uh, goldfish do not really have a memory span of five seconds. They actually remember things for months, recognize their owners, and are able to distinguish oh, them from other people. Come on, there was a whole movie about it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Dory. That's right, Dory. Yeah, is Dory a goldfish? No, no, no. but she, she was a fish. Yeah. forgetful fish. No memory. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the word. Is it uh, is that they have a memory span of five seconds? But apparently, it's been proven otherwise. And they can recognize their owner. I guess so. Yeah. If you're Hi, the Kathy. One uh, right. Coming to feed them. It's interesting. Them. Are you still getting food from guppies? <laughs> now this one I knew. Schizophrenia has nothing to do with split personality. I guess some people believe that that's... A schizophrenic is a split personality is not, is not true, no. right? Yeah. yeah, they're completely different diagnoses. Uh, how about this one? The idea that chloroform quickly knocks you out. We in, talked about this. Yeah, in the real world, it takes several minutes to knock you out. And, and a not, hammer. Not the second you see in TV and movies. Because sometimes it'll literally be three seconds and they're out cold. Yes, and it'll... It, it's, it's so. And we talked about this. It's, it's, it's a much longer a span of time. Uh, is there something that is... Fast acting, that fast acting that can be inhaled that will knock someone out, other than chloroform. I don't know. I'm not sure what ether, how quickly that yeah. that knocks you out. I mean, that's really not that much an example. What about a two anymore. by four? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be pretty quick. <laughs> I've think. seen people pass out pretty quickly on nitrous, uh, but they wake up. Yeah, you know, within. And thirty is, seconds. Is so. that usually from lack of oxygen? I Probably. think it's got to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of oxygen is what's doing you in there, right? So you're taking a big, you know, a concentrated dose of another gas into your lungs, no oxygen whatsoever. So I would think that that has right. a lot to do. And with it. so that scares me for my children with like helium balloons because true. If you inhale too much of that, it can actually do some damage, and so. You know, and obviously kids want to talk with the high-pitched voice, and it's funny. And it's, it is funny. Um, <laughs> Has anybody ever, like, passed out from People healing? died from it, Kat. Yeah? Yeah. They used to do, when they used to do, like, uh, C-Lab. Do you remember C-Lab years ago? And they'd oh. have these underwater laboratories that they'd set, like, oh. on the bottom of the, you yeah. know, the, the ocean for a while. And they would use a mixture, the atmosphere, unless I'm wrong, Nick, and maybe if you could, could oh, check you on this. Don't eat uh, uh, you know, hot dogs. Hot dogs, right. I know that. Was, was, a, was a mix of of helium, I think, and... Nitrogen. Nitrogen, yeah. And, yeah. and so, you you know, hey, guys. <laughs> you were getting a little bit of that. Interesting. Yeah, they had to limit the amount of oxygen for, for whatever for reason. The, the bends? Or yeah, I don't know. It has something yeah. to do with the pressure. Okay. I'm sure that's completely inaccurate, but accepted as fact. These are things that are accepted as fact that actually aren't true. Here is another one. Uh, this says, I always see the pro tips that say you should know your blood type in case of an emergency so the hospital can get you the right type. This is 100% incorrect. We never... Take the blood type a person says they are. A patient remembering correctly equals a dead patient, and the hospital gets sued. We always perform a blood test first. I always forget my blood type. The only exception is in a true emergency, and then we only give O negative blood, which is the universal. Yeah, right. Uh, So you don't need to know it. Well, how long? I mean, I don't know how long it takes, or I don't think you guys would know how long a quick little blood test takes. Very quick. Yeah, we did one at home. Uh, It was part of... um, uh, lobster week. I think it was biology, not lobster <laughs> week uh, class, and uh, we got the descriptions as to what the types mean. What what you know? 
A, B, and O mean and what positive and negative mean. I've forgotten it all since then. I'm either wildly uh, but, unique or incredibly common. <laughs> but there's a way, Casey, that, that you put the drops of blood on and the way that it looks when it dries. Oh. Oh, is that uh, it? It tells oh, you right. what type it is. Yeah, I forgot how to do it, but we did do it one time, which was interesting. Uh, how about this? Uh, the claim that we use 10% of our brains is not true. That's not true. Yeah. How much do we use? A lot. Yeah. A lot more than 10%. Oh, that, that movie, um, Lucy. Lucy, yes. Yeah. It that. turns out it's a crock of crap. Yeah. That was interesting. All right. How about this one? Now, this I was not aware of. It says there's a misconception that you have to wait 24 hours to report someone missing in the U.S. That's not true. An adult. It's not? No. Right. There's no law about waiting. You don't you don't have to. You push to make the police cooperate and list the person missing immediately when you suspect something isn't right. Now, if you want to end up as an immediate suspect, report them missing before they're missing. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, but it says don't lose precious time. It's extremely important uh, if the person truly is missing. So then it must be, what, the police department to determine if they're going to investigate it or say, hey, they, maybe we, I don't we know. just... They will this. investigate it. If you report, it's my understanding that if you report it, they will investigate. Now, they're, they're going to say, you know, if they're prioritizing things and someone has been missing for 10 minutes, uh, you know, they're going to put someone who's, who's a little bit more... Um, I, you know, I don't know how they work it out, but 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 yeah, uh, I'm curious. Maybe maybe before they make a public statement or something yeah. like that, they wait 24 because, hours like, and put out a uh, before they make a movie about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because you figure they have to investigate if it's a runaway or you know it's yeah. just somebody who he was missing for four and a half minutes. <laughs> um, if they are if they're if they're a minor, then uh, then yes, I think right, immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you're a uh, if you're an adult, uh, yeah, I don't know what the story like is. Any kind of minor? Kathy Romano, I'm on this case. <laughs> I was in the bathroom. Yeah. You guys know anybody who's ever had to report someone missing? I I do not. Yeah, I mean, when I was in the Run on the Way Club, my two friends actually ran away, and um, so that was like a how long? A how person. long were they gone? I, I mean, it was they knocked up at my door during Dallas on Friday night. And so what's that, 9 o'clock? And we're talking about second graders, so they That's had been... That's when the police for... would always make their in- inquiries during Dallas. Well, no, but I'm figuring, you know, yeah. as a second grader, because a girl was supposed to make uh, her first communion the next yeah. day. So, I mean, she was eight, 8 years old, and it was 9 o'clock at night, so she had been missing for a few hours at this point. And when they would locate someone, they would inform the families during Fantasy Island. Yes. All right, here is a... Uh, here's a source that says you don't have to contact, you don't have to wait to contact authorities. If you suspect your loved one or friend has gone missing, contact the police immediately. Movies yes. and TV shows have spread the myth that you must wait 24 to 48 hours to report missing people. But that's not the case for nearly every U.S. police office in the real world. Call local law enforcement first using their non-emergency lines. You can file a report. Uh, you can also get into the police station to file uh, but if you suspect foul play, you should call 911. And if the missing person is a child, call 911, then the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children as well. says, not sure what qualifies as a missing person. Most police precincts define a missing person as anyone who is missing voluntarily or involuntarily. That includes runaway kids, kids abducted by their own parent, elderly in need of assistance, someone who may be in need of medical attention, uh, someone who is mentally or physically impaired, uh, those you suspect may be the victim of a crime, and anyone who has uh, no pattern of running away, yeah, 
or disappearing. Like and, the running away club. And has been away and out of contact. So, so uh, that 48 hours is the critical time. The, the show is called 48 hours. Yeah. So the, that's the, the time frame in which they say most cases that they solve, they're able to, you know, that are, if they're going to solve it, they'll solve it within 48 it's hours. their first 48 or? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Or, is that um, an all factual or is that a complete myth too? I mean, just you know, maybe that's it BS. Could, it could just be the name of the TV show. Maybe there is, maybe there's no such thing as perfect strangers. Uh, I've always heard, yes, that it is the most critical in yeah. getting uh, evidence Right, and while it's still fresh, obviously, and and maybe leading to success, so I don't know. Um, all right, here's another misconceived, uh, quote unquote, fact: the line from um, Empire Strikes Back is not "Luke, I am your father." It is not I'm your sister, Luke. I am your father. No, it's no, I am your father. La la la, Luke, Luke. I am your father. I've interrupted. Happy time. Yeah. <laughs> so Tommy Boy messed it up for all of us. Uh, yeah, it's not Luke, I am your father, but he actually says, no, no. I am your father. There's another common uh, line that gets um, misquoted all the time, which is uh, play it again, Sam, from Casablanca. She doesn't say that. She says, play it, Sam, play it one more time or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I think there was a movie, maybe a Woody Allen movie called Play It Again, Sam. Yes. Or, uh, yeah. In fact, he is a, a, a mass. He lives in the world. Humphrey Bogart appears to him. He's a, 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 a schlub. Okay. And Humphrey Bogart tries to, tries to guide him through his romantic but life. But the actual line from Casablanca, people get wrong all play, the time. Play it like he used to play it, Sam. All right. Here are more facts that are not really facts. This says uh, the idea that people are left-brained and right-brained people who are either more artistic or more numbers-based. Crap. Is inaccurate. Yes. <laughs> And I forgot what is what. What's uh, right-brained is more... If you're more right-brained. Creative and left-brained is more analytical or What's something What's that like predicated that? on? Do we know? What, with the, the, at least the presumption that... Uh... Well, we should not know it anymore because it's it's not true. So we should yeah. abandon that thought entirely. Well, no, I... Block no, it from your mind. Yeah. No, I think, that, I think that there is some truth oh. to that one side of the brain is leans more towards... Those two attributes, but I, but it's saying that there aren't left-brained and right-brained, right-brained people. people. Okay. Gotcha. But one's... I don't know. I could be way off on that. Which part of your brain does the hair grow the most uh, on your head? I don't know. <laughs> Where you're the smartest, the hair is the thickest. Probably on the sides in the back. I think so. Because <laughs> it stays there, right? Yeah. yeah. Like when people them. go bald, yeah. that's usually the one that... That's, how, that's why they're able to do all yeah. their bodily functions. Yeah, they're so smart that they yeah. leave it that way. Everything else fell off. Oh, here we go. Here's a breakdown. Uh, all right. Left side of the brain. Logical, focused on facts, realism. Love saying gliding. Uh, predominance. <laughs> uh, planned and orderly, math and science-minded, and prefers nonfiction. All right. What? Prefers nonfiction. No, then this is saying That's... left and right brain people. See, I think this is based in myth. I think yeah. that this whole, this is, it sort of predicates uh, and, and is the thing that needs to be disproved. I think you're right, Nate, because on the right side it says loves to fly dragons. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, makes friends with orcs. Uh, enjoyed creative... St- uh, wait, it says here, uh, emotional, focused on art and creativity. Imagination predominance. Uh, Talking trees. Occasionally absent-minded. Uh, prefers fiction and enjoys creative storytelling. And likes whipped cream. That too. Well, who doesn't? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. By the way, last night I had for the first time, we had uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Whipped Cream. Are and? you kidding me? At home, yeah. And? 
It was good. Okay. It wasn't like blow me away great. Yeah. But it was good. I think we tested it. Marissa, didn't Did you we? and I test? Yeah, we tested it. What? Like Were you there at the laboratory? I don't remember. I think that it was like not the best. We didn't. It wasn't great. Oh yeah, it was, wow! It's it, but it sounds great, but it's less. It's not impressive. Casey huh? just pantomime <laughs> putting some on his nipples here mm-hmm. in the studio. Yeah, that's <laughs> <good. Try this. laughs> it's like varsity blues. Did you put it on anything, Kath? I don't remember, Marissa, what did we Lady do? Parts? I don't remember. I just remember she was involved. You put it on your lady parts, and I'll put it on mine. Yeah, I think that's what we did. Mm. Yeah, Let's have a pillow fight. I got really aggravated right now because we did look off of each other's nipples, Kathy. <laughs> wow. No, uh, we just, she's mad I don't remember. No, no, I'm mad that I just did that feedback. I'm so sorry. No, we just ate it off a spoon. We had it here in the studio for like a promotion. Oh, okay. And uh, we just tried it off a spoon, but neither one of us really liked it. Let's eat it off spoon. Okay. <laughs> At work. <laughs> uh, in front of Bill Weston. Here are some more facts that aren't really facts. Well, he pleasures himself with cheese. What? Oh, oh Bill? It's my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to step on your face. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Uh, the medieval slash ancient people only lived to be 32 years old, and at that age, they were considered ancient. That estimate is an average, which means it accounts... Or high infant slash child mortality. So people lived old. They weren't. They weren't like I gotta tell you something. I'm 31 years old. Yeah, <laughs> lots of ancient people lived yeah. to their 80s and yeah. older. If you made it to 30, chances were, uh, chances were good that you would make it to 30 plus years. Right. Or so. Okay. So the the standard life expect now now all those things obviously medical care and all that stuff figured into it. But that was an, correct. Oh, that was an average. Correct. Yes. I'm uh, only 24 years old. Here's another quote-unquote fact that cracking your knuckles too often will cause arthritis. Oh, I've good. heard that forever. Yeah. So I'm... what does it cause? Now, I've also heard that the cracking of the knuckles, which I'll do real quick, is oh. um, is actually a like a gas bubble of some type. Synovial really? yeah. fluid. What is it? Synovial fluid. And what the I hell don't know. is that? Synovia. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a line in Cheers because Woody believes that oh, it's a tiny sonic booms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Frazier corrects him and tells him it's actually synovial. I, I'm basing this on my knowledge on, on Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so let's let's take that with a grain of salt. Right, what about cracking your back? What about it? I mean, is it that the same thing? Vacuum I mean, fluid. What? No, but it, does it cause problems in the long run? Like, look, when a chiropractor will uh, crack your back, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think so. I, no, they, I think the adjustments actually benefit you. Yeah, okay. they're supposed to. Uh, by the way, speaking of, of uh, Sonic Boom, I never believed until I did indeed uh, see that it was a fact that when cracking a whip, that that pop, I always thought it was just the, the leather smacking against itself, but that is indeed a... A sonic boom. Sonic boom. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sonic boom. That's what uh, I have uh, read, and you can look that up, too. Tiger uppercut. Tiger uppercut. Sonic boom. Tiger uppercut. Tiger uppercut. Yoga fire. I think the sonic boom was, that was guile. Yeah. Tiger uppercut. Sonic boom. Tiger uppercut was. No, that was in the very first one. That was in Street Fighter 2. Tiger uppercut did not exist in Street Fighter 2. It did? I can't believe I suck. Are you sure? (laughs) I'm positive. Okay. All right. Hang on. We have a scientist who wants to explain the left or right brain. So I'm going to go to him. Hi, Alex. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry to bother you guys at work. No, you're good. What uh, what type of a scientist are you, sir? So I'm a neuroscientist. I actually study the brain and spinal cord. I'm a Christian scientist. Wow. Okay. No, no scientist. Okay. 
All right. Are there now? It says that it's a myth that there are left and right, left-brained and right-brained people. Right. That is a myth. So historically, we used to say that one side of the brain was dominant. Uh, that's not true. Instead, we now say that one side of the brain is lateralized. So it takes uh, uh, certain functions tend to one side or the other. Uh, for instance, language. And most people, language is in the uh, left hemisphere, but there's still parts of it that are processed in the right. Uh, and so damage either side can affect things. You use your whole brain for everything. It's more that one side kind of takes a leading role in certain tasks. All right. Okay. All, right. All right. So they're, 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 the, the full brain is working on it. They're just maybe different things. It, it, it vacillates between which parts of the brain are called into action for different tasks. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, working with with a team of people and one person might be kind of leading it, but everybody's contributing right. uh, to the task. All right. All right. So what does um, what makes people right handed and left handed? So we're not actually sure exactly what that is. The benefit. So each hemisphere controls the opposite side of your body in terms of uh, motor control. So the left hemisphere controls the right side of your body. Um, in terms of handedness, we actually see it in a lot of different organisms. So cats, uh, gorillas, shown handedness. You went right from cat to gorilla. gorilla. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's the ones that I remember. Right. Um, they, do, they do show a, a level of handedness. And uh, it's probably just a matter of having uh, one side, again, that's focused on a specific task. I think you're right because we foster both cats and gorillas, and uh, yeah. we've noticed yeah. that. No, but yes, but these, what, what about, for example, when people are they're doing surgery on people and they'll, they'll, they'll actually keep them awake and tap into different type parts of the brain? Uh, oh, yeah. So they're, they're, they definitely know which sections they're going to and what they control, correct? It's pretty well mapped. So the, the reason we don't um, anesthetize people for that or, or fully um, um, make them unconscious is because the pain doesn't have any pain receptors. So you can't feel pain. Uh, really? Stimulating. Yeah, no pain receptors in the brain. I didn't know. So that. your brain is like Dalton. Pain don't hurt. Pain uh, don't yeah. hurt. Brain don't hurt. Nothing hurts. <laughs> um, the reason why we keep them uh, awake is because the nurse surgeon wants to know what they're touching. Yeah. So if they poke an area, they could say, you feel that. And you might say, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it feels like you're touching my leg. Um, and so this way they can kind of navigate around and find where they are. Wow. Wow. Huh. So with that, does that mean that um, even though it's well mapped out, there's still some some subtleties as to exactly which part of the brain you are uh, that 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 person reacts to is where you are in that at that point in time? For sure. So, you know, it's not perfect, and the, the exact tapping of the brain from person to person is always going to be a little flexible. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard stories, but there are people who are born without one of their hemispheres, and they manage to live yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lives. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes so you'll see very, somebody who's been in an accident, and they look like they're, like a football that's half deflated on their head. Oh, they're it's missing. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Brain, yeah. yeah. And so if you're young, you can usually adapt past that uh, pretty well. The brain is very, we call it plastic. It's, it's very adaptable. Um, and so exactly how it lines up from person to person uh, does change a little bit. Which part of the brain uh, so, uh, uh, oversees the phone you purchase, right? <laughs> I was just thinking oh, Bill's, yeah. the right side of Bill's brain is twitching right now because yeah, yeah. of the bad phone connection. <laughs> um, well, that's all super duper interesting. That is cool. Alex, thanks for weighing in. We appreciate it. No problem. Have a good one. All right. You too. Yes, science. Wow, a neurologist <laughs> listens to us. How about that? 
Um, Why? Interesting. All right, so that explains that. All right, here are a few more facts that just aren't true. Uh, if you uh, swallow, it, that you actually swallow eight spiders a year in your right, sleep. Right. How many do you swallow? I don't know where that came from. There's actually a commercial that plays on that where a guy's asleep and they show it. They CGI a spider crawling into his mouth and it's for one of these hypersonic uh, th- these bug repellents that you plug into the wall outlets, Preston, that re- that keep them from you know coming into your room. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it plays off that notion that you swallow eight spiders a year. Here's another one uh, that uh, the Great Wall of China can be seen from space. It cannot. I guess not. And I, I thought I, I've seen pictures of it from. I had heard that it was the only man-made object that you could see from space. Well, I think it's the only. It's. I think that's the falsity that there are plenty of man-made objects that you can see from. I space. I think that might be it. Yeah, yeah, Nick. I don't think you can see it from the moon. I think it's way too. Because they can small. see like a pack of cigarettes from space. They have. You well, know, yeah, satellite, yeah. But like if you're in the, the uh, naked International eye. Space Station, you can look down and see plenty of man-made objects. Yeah. Um, but if you're on the moon, you can see Ruben Stutter. You can't see um, the Great Wall of China <laughs> from the moon. Uh, all right, here's another one. The daddy long legs are the most venomous spider in the world. They just can't bite you. Yeah, we just spelled that one because the legs are so long they can't they can't they can't basically bend over and bite you. I remember hearing that as a kid. Yeah, oh just, yeah, you heard it all the way back to, oh, to yeah, your childhood. But the uh, the fangs were too small. Yeah, that's you're lucky. what I'd heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the deal? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, here's another it's one. It's like the T Rex can't do YMCA. Right? <laughs> well, we know that they can't do that. <laughs> Uh, here, well, then again, maybe not. Can they? I no, don't they know. Can't. I don't know. I don't want to be presumptuous. All right. Here's uh, another fact that just isn't true, that you have to put something in the mouth of a seizing person so that they don't swallow their own tongue. It right, says, right. do not do this ever. <laughs> really? They can swallow what you put in their mouth. I would put no. like a like a vase. Uh, you can, if you can wedge it in there, <laughs> go for it. Remember our a calendar? test tube. Calendar girl Samantha could swallow her own tongue. Oh my god, that was wild. It was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. swallow her tongue. She'd open her mouth and and it was gone. Do you think that was hot? Uh, no. The no. fact that she could you. do it, the actual swallowing of the tongue, no. But the fact that she had zero gag reflex, maybe she was just sure. hot, and that added I don't to think it. So. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Get you kicked right out of Floral and Hardy. <laughs> oh, I went there this weekend <laughs> for swallowing your own tongue. Ooh. Oh. All right, uh, here's another one that uh, the human body has only five senses. It says, in reality, there are way more. I saw a movie that says there's a sixth sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, yes, you know what? And, Nick, can you look up, uh, you know, more than five senses? Because I'm curious as to what they qualify them well, as. Because I have is in there, right? heard them before. Sense of balance. Yeah. Oh. Sense of humor. Yeah. Yes. Sense of peace. Sense um, of time. Uh, hang on a second here. We have more than five senses. Hmm. Since uh, I too long of an article. Yeah, give me a just, meme. I need the. Uh, <laughs> I need the bullet points, please. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll find them in a minute. Oh uh, yeah, hunger. That's an obvious one. Okay. That, so in the in the classic so. senses, somebody uh, on. sense of space. It says here. Uh, Common sense. Spidey. Spidey, spidey sense. sense. No, 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 that's no. just BS. You'd have to be bitten by a radioactive spider. All right, here's another one. Uh, this is interesting. The fact that if you have a cold, you should get lots of vitamin C. This is completely down to one scientist named Linus Pauling, who had a theory that massive doses of vitamin C would cure colds. That's exactly correct. <laughs> uh, subsequent studies have shown he was wrong, and any benefits are minimal at best. They're saying right now with the coronavirus that uh, if you have a nice, if you take vitamin C, and by, more importantly, vitamin D... Uh, that that can help build up your system. I think okay. the I think the CDC just released that. Okay. Well, anyhow, the vitamin C thing. 
uh, for a cold is apparently a bunch of uh, hooey. Hooey! So, hooey! when you take like an airborne or emergency, yeah. it's not just vitamin C that you're taking. You're it's taking other stuff. Well, zinc, echinacea. I, so I does take it that. help? For me, it does. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying, that according to this, it wouldn't, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? I, it's not just vitamin C. It's magic, too. It could be That magic. stuff <laughs> never seems to help me. I know. No, uh, I don't think yeah, it does yeah. The emergency and, and airborne and that stuff—it just it doesn't do anything. I still do it. I don't want to jinx anything, but I haven't had a cold in a long oh, time. You just did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, uh, um, you know what I, I attribute that to? Yeah. The Neomed. You know what? I, I do it four to five yeah. times a day. I don't want to jinx anything, but I have never won the Powerball. Uh, <laughs> don't. All right. Say Try Neomed. Good call. Thank Thanks. you, buddy. Good call. All right. Here's uh, just a couple more left. Then we got to take a break. Uh, the myth. That glass is actually an extremely viscous, slow-flowing liquid, and that's why old windows are thicker on the bottom. It is not. It is very clearly a solid. It is a disordered, non-crystalline solid, but still a solid. Old windows are thicker on the bottom because they were designed that way. I don't even know what you're talking about. You've never heard that theory before? So when we moved into our our home... Uh, which I've said before is 1880 farmhouse and had very old windows in it. Yes, the the base part of the window was thicker, thicker. Uh, and I, I assume that's to keep the integrity of the window. I think so too, right? Uh, and Kathy, so the old uh, the the rumor that I had heard was in old old churches that had the stained glass windows uh-huh. that the base of the glass was much thicker because oh. it had slowly over time. It's all about the base. Had kind of run down that way, oh. and had uh, slowly gotten thicker because of the weight, and and that it's a moving liquid, but it's simply not. Yeah, true. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've watched people blow glass before, yeah. and um, and, but I've never George, seen. George I know, um, but I've never seen actual like glass windows or anything like that being made. I would love to see. It's a fascinating that process. process, even just the art of blowing glass and, yeah. and seeing people who are masters at it. It's it's hypnotic. And how do they make glass bulletproof? Like. They they put lead in it. Oh, no, I don't know. I, uh, there there is um, there's a process that um, I actually saw a company that did that, and the president, the president of the company, yeah, to show how how good the product was, sat in a chair on the other side of the glass and had them fire a machine gun at it. Yeah, you don't wow. have to do that. Yeah. You can yeah. actually just put like a dummy on the yeah, other side of the glass. Yeah, that'll work. Yes, but, um, I mean well, that was a good ad. But speaking of, of viscous liquids, there was a uh, – <laughs> where do, I think I have, I have a list of, like, bizarre you know, Wikipedia articles. I'll tell you what is that. It, when people look at glaciers, glaciers are essentially slow-moving f- rivers, frozen rivers that are moving, you know, incredibly slowly. But they are, they are in motion. Yeah. Anyhow, what, what I was saying is there is a um, – there is a – I forgot what type of liquid this is. It's supposed to be the most viscous liquid on Earth. And that they monitor, and it, and it sits in this room or this display case or something like that, and it takes like years for it to drop, like a, yes. like a, a, a droplet. And it's over time oh. they measure it and they keep track of it, but slowly, and it looks like tar. Yeah, this is it right here. <gasps> One of the most viscous liquids knows pitch. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, pitch, and uh, also known as hey! bitumen. <laughs> oh, pituation. Hey! Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it takes years and years and years for this thing to eventually drop. And I don't know how many years, but uh, they began observing this one in 1927. That's crazy, isn't yeah, it? It almost reminds me of what uh, uh, in Venom, that black um, yeah. matter. 
All right, uh, just a couple more things. Uh, in fact, two more, and then we're done. Uh, these are facts that simply aren't true. And uh, this one, that if you swallow gum, it stays in your stomach for seven years. No, it sticks to your heart. Everybody knows that. Uh, your body processes it, and you poop it out, just like everything else. Okay. Which uh, is you would my, worry, though, as a kid, though, wouldn't you? Uh, my wife used to get so angry at her kids when they would swallow <laughs> gum. And I'm like, what? why are you getting mad? You're getting mad because your mom told you not to do that. And you yeah. know why your mom told you not to do that? So you don't do that. <laughs> not to do that is because so you won't chew through a whole pack of gum right. yeah. in two minutes. Because right. it tastes so good, it loses its flavor, you swallow, then you get another one. Then you keep going and going and going. <laughs> and the fact that you're eating gum, you're eating, you know, it doesn't seem like it would be a food of type. But it's 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 okay. It's not going to hurt you. So- it's just, it's okay. Do you guys swallow gum? No. I do. Yeah. Okay, occasionally, yeah. if I have no place to put it, most of the time I'll spit it out, though. Yeah, so, like, I yeah. guess you're just, I mean, I'm just trained that way. I mean, I, I mean, don't I, chew gum I also, that often. Yes, but, but I mean, th- you remember Razzles? Yeah. yeah. Razzles, yeah. you could eat candy it after candy. Into a gum. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, fruit yeah. stripes. And it's funny, because when you tell somebody, like me, that yeah. I swallow my gum, they're like, ew. And I'm like... Explain to me what's gross about that. <laughs> yeah, mm, have you know. ever have you ever eaten a razzle? Honestly, yeah, well, that's gum. What's gross about that? Nothing. Yeah. It's edible. You know, it's gross. Your mother. It's it's <laughs> just it loses its flavor over time, and essentially you're swallowing something that's flavorless. Right. And so, God, you remember wax lips? Wax. Yeah. Oh my God. You used to oh, chew those yeah. things up. And, I mean, well, they were that was gross. I know they had <laughs> no flavor, none at all. But I'm chewing up and eat them. Yeah. Swallow them. They did put flavor in some of the wax stuff. Do you remember that? None like, of the like, ones no, I ever had. Yeah, the I tasted definitely had flavor. Oh, man, not me. They just had no flavor at all. Hey, uh, chewing wax. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. it was. Chewing. Mm, bubble cardboard. <laughs> all right, and the last thing on this list, facts that just simply aren't facts, uh, different parts of your tongue taste different things such as sour, sweet, and bitter. So that's not true. According to this, yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, you'd get that chart in elementary school. Yeah, that would, you would, yeah. yeah. Show you where everything was, and I believed it to this day. I did, but then I remember kind of testing it out on my own. own you know, yeah. eat a piece of candy. I'm like, I can taste this everywhere in my mouth. It's not just the tip is sweet. Right. Everything, you know. It's so. just the tip. Yeah, the tip, whole thing is, tip is pretty sweet. sweet yeah, it's yeah. pretty sweet. <laughs> you got to work your way up and down. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, spit strings. <laughs> right. I walked into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, um, is it a myth that if you touch butterfly wings, they can never fly again because it oils on your finger way too much? I oh, don't know. Good, I remember that's that one, Chase. Mm. I, would think, I know if you hit them with a hammer, they can't. Yes. I would think that is probably a myth, but I don't remember that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, there, might, there might be something to that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, if you touch a butterfly's wings, can it still fly? This is from Thought Company. Uh, They're good. That says they aren't as fra- the wings aren't as fragile as they look. Uh, the longest okay, no, uh, is this from a Russian pool company? Uh, no, okay. uh, butterflies shed scales throughout their lives. This goes through the whole history of butterflies. Somebody was lonely. <laughs> I don't have time for this. At the end, it says Santa's got to go. Yeah, you can do it. Where does it say it, Nick? Uh, down here, you can hold them together, but uh, and at the top of the article, it said it can damage them, but it, it's not uh, necessary, Casey, that it'll do it. Does right. it say if you can put a butterfly in a half, Nelson? <laughs> what was this little effect it's you It's a little displayed? pixie dust sound effect. <laughs> I'm a butterfly. I love it. Touch my wings and I shall lift you up high. <laughs> I'm part of the never-ending story. Okay. They're stronger than you think. I'm okay. stronger than you think. I'll kick your ass. Mm-hmm. How many push-ups can they do? Ten. Well, that's not bad. 
that goes to butterfly. I like it, that sound. I do, too. All right, anyhow, I thought this was an interesting uh, Reddit. It was. Thread, so. Are there more on the list? I should. No, that's it. Oh. That's all that I have. These are the things that you thought were a fact but really aren't. Oh, and by the way. Yes? Tiger Uppercut is in Street Fighter 2. Is it? Mm-hmm. Saget. Saget did it. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember hearing him ever say Tiger Uppercut, though. Son- uh, boom. Tiger Uppercut. Yes. Yoga. Fire. He it, might actually uh, do a tiger uppercut. I just don't remember him actually saying tiger yoga uppercut. flame. Right. You can... We're gonna have to find out. In a We're minute. gonna have to find that. Out. Penis so small. Oh, and he said penis so small. <laughs> That's the one. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back in just a moment. Stay with us, my friend. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity on Demand. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com. And an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit acmemarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Now. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. The Bizarre File this morning brought to you by Sequoia Outback. Don't miss Sequoia Outback's annual spring into Sequoia sale with everything you need to take your outdoor space from taxing to relaxing. Route 309 in Hatfield or at DexSupplies.com. A 22-year-old recently shared a seemingly innocent selfie on social media. But soon realized she wasn't alone in the picture. Her name is actually Sharon Butt. Okay? Oh, boy. Uh, she's from uh, Gloucestershire, U.K., and she did what a lot of people do when they take a nice picture of themselves. She shared it online. However, soon after uploading the picture to social media, she and her friend noticed something in the reflection of the mirror in the background. Looking closer, Shannon realized she could see the reflection of her boyfriend, Henry, wiping his ass. Oh, no. After going to the bathroom. And it's really weird because he's standing up with his butt facing, I guess, the mirror, and he's he's standing up wiping his ass. So he's, he's wiping his ass in the mirror? He's looking at his own ass? I don't know if he was looking just the way where the mirror is. She got a shot of it. It wow. was behind her, and, and yeah. So anyhow, uh, so her friends, after her friends encouraged her to share the photo on Twitter, and after, after asking Henry if he minded, she went ahead and did, did that. Uh, among the hundreds of comments on the new viral tweet, one question in particular was asked, why on earth was Shannon taking a picture while Harry was having a poop? <laughs> and she said, I was in the bathroom first, and he came in, and I was like, babe, I'm taking a picture. And he just carried on. So I took the picture without thinking anything of it. No and problem. Left. <laughs> she said, I didn't, you look even, good, babe. I didn't even upload the picture straight away. I left it a few days and thought, ah, that's a nice photo. I'll put it on uh, without even realizing he was in the background. Another trending topic in the comments was Henry's wiping technique because that's obviously important to talk about. One person said, who wipes standing up? While another user commented, I'm actually a bit concerned that I, can bear, I can't really see any toilet paper. Yeah. Wait a minute. You stand up when you wipe? I definitely stand up when I wipe. I do a final wipe standing up yeah. after my seated wipes. Really? I yes. do, yeah. Every time? Every time, yeah. Not wow. every time, but occasionally if I believe... I want <laughs> as close to perfection as I can get. Kathy, what are you no, mumbling about? I, I went to ask a question, and then I just mumbled. I'm not asking. Okay, you're not I, asking. I don't really do that. You don't <laughs> care. Do you use toilet paper? <laughs> you want to know, but you don't want to know. 
Uh, Miramar, Florida police have made an arrest in a Memorial Day vandalism spree inside a high school. Uh, it was a man caught on surveillance video trashing the school wearing a hat, headphones, and nothing else. Police said that it was 21-year-old Matthew Crandall who vandalized rooms, walls, and hallways, all while completely naked, except for a hat and headphones. Huh. Uh, That's Crandall the way I work around here. Broke in around 7 a.m. Monday and spent nearly 24 hours smashing televisions and computers and causing flooding in the hallways and other areas of the school. A school <sighs> custodian discovered the damages. Uh, he's charged with burglary and criminal mischief. Sorry, I just had a vision of Casey standing up wiping his ass. <laughs> I, 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 I need to see like video of how you're supposed to do it sitting down because to, to me... That seems weird, odd. So, so, yeah. Uh, listen, I, I can. You're you're, you're you're leaning forward, and, and you, you for a maximum spread. And then, I, then if I feel it's been a little dicey, I do a standing, hunched over. You don't understand. I've been since the day I could wipe my ass. I've yeah, but you have to understand. I've been down. for since the day I can remember. I've been doing it. You literally, my way. you wipe your butt like a kid. Okay, but I mean, I you know I, what? I, that's listen, sweet. Don't shame me. You know what? Don't no, 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 shame no, no, no. me. Hold on, hold on. I'm trying to say something here. I I can imagine how you would st- how standing up and wiping your butt. Yeah. You can't imagine sitting down and wiping your butt. It's I don't I don't I I do you reach around? Do you reach through? Like I don't know you, what you're doing. You reach behind. Behind. You re- yeah. Reach There's around. room. Okay. okay. There's yeah. room. Yes. You just go forward on the seat on the bridge. Yeah. I'm in both your worlds. Yeah. You guys are wipe shaming, and I don't appreciate <laughs> it. I don't want to be a part of this, but I want to point out, like when you stand up, everything closes up. No, do it see? doesn't. No, it depends on the way it, you stand. Be, has it not? It, it, what you do is you put your legs on the top, one leg on one wall of the stall, and one <laughs> yeah. leg on the other wall. Kathy, you get in a three-point stand. Oh, yeah. okay. So, I, Kathy, <laughs> you've been to the gynecologist. You know the spreaders that they use? Yeah. That's what I use. <laughs> you, you use, spe- you oh, use yeah, a vaginal, use a yeah. a vaginal spreader. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and every I mean, time, and, I why you take and, so long. Yeah. He washes it off. Yes. And then returns it to its stand. Right. All right, listen. I'm going to do go do some business in the next commercial break. And take some pictures. And I'll take some pictures and some video. Yeah. No, you'll try doing it sitting down? I'll try. And you've never done that in your life? No. All right, I think we're breaking new ground here. This might be amazing. I'm doing it. And I also would like to see a poll as to who uh, the percentage of people that stand up and wipe their butt. All right, we need to do that. All right, so well, anyway. So my buddy Jeff walked in on me one time down the shore while I was wiping, and he thought I was doing something else. He thought I was uh, pleasuring myself. I was like, no. You know what, Casey? Yeah. You could have a solidarity shirt that says, I stand with Casey. No. No. Not. Now's not the time. No. But eventually. And the message is accurate. When things calm down, maybe maybe people could stand up. I will wear wear that shirt because I, I, I do stand as well periodically. Yeah. But he does it. That's just it. Uh, every time, all the time. It's beautiful, man. It is. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love this text. It says, Casey is a caveman. Then yeah. <laughs> we are cavemen together. All right. A Department of Transportation truck was heavily damaged a week ago when a naked woman broke into a township lot that's in Michigan, stole the truck, and then hit a deer with it. Officers received... She was naked, by the way. Officers received the strange call about the crash near a home around 1 a.m. They arrived to find a heavily damaged pickup, a dead deer, and a woman wearing only an orange safety vest that she had retrieved from the truck. (laughs) Well, she wanted to be cautious. The 31-year-old woman told officers that she was with someone earlier that night who kicked her out of a vehicle and left her on the side of the road. It's unclear how or why the woman was naked. 
Drugs and suspected prostitution were involved. Oh. Uh, officers investigating the crash discovered security video at the lot that shows the naked woman approach the security gate, punch in random numbers, and wait while the gate opens. So I guess she got the code right somehow or another. She then walked onto the lot, found a county-owned 2017 GMC Sierra that was unlocked with the key still inside, drove it away. Minutes later, she hit a large deer straight on, killing the animal and damaging the front end of the truck. I'm going to have to write this down. Uh, she was arrested and taken to the county jail on two outstanding felony warrants, by the way. Outstanding. Outstanding <laughs> felony warrants. <laughs> One last story. A guy named David Rush uh, who has broken more than 100 Guinness records to promote STEM education, drank a liter of lemon juice, in under 17 seconds for a Guinness World Record. So I, I, I saw this um, come up, and I was wondering, uh, yeah, I guess that would be difficult to do. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, Especially straight up if, lemon, yeah, yeah pure if, lemon juice. If sour is hard for you to handle, then that would be really difficult. And that's a lot in 17 seconds, a liter. Uh, he completed the feat in 16.53 seconds, beating the previous record of 17.12 seconds. Russ said he managed to keep the liquid down, but his stomach... Uh, he had stomach discomfort until the next day. A liter of any liquid in that that quick a fashion yeah. that could be a, that could be an issue. Yes, and especially as acidic as that yeah. is. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you an MMR VIP? Sign up for free at WMMR.com for access to VIP contests, special deals, and to be the first to know about important stuff. It's like having an MMR backstage pass without having to do something nasty to get it. (laughs) What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, breaking news from HollywoodLife.com. Sources confirming that Ash Kutcher and Mila Kunis' children looked as if they were having fun at a playground on Saturday. A spokesman of the family would not come into the word fun at this time, but did suggest that general frivolity had ensued. Hey! It was an actual article, yeah. HollywoodLife.com. Breaking news. <laughs> Kylie Jenner displaying her supertone new physique at multiple parties throughout the weekend. Kylie said she wanted to get in shape now before she has a child and then was reminded that she does have a child. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, Wendy Williams' divorce from her husband of over 20 years, Kevin Hunter, has been very drawn out. Hunter is denying Williams' assertion that he's being childish, saying all he wants is custody of his tree fort. And that's your Hollywood track. <laughs> so we just played, as I said a moment ago, uh, new music from, or the most recent, I should say, from Incubus. There's a new EP coming out, uh, Trustful Side B. It's going to be on the 17th. And over the years, uh, at a couple different radio stations, we've had the opportunity <laughs> yeah. uh, to speak this gentleman uh, a number of times. He's great. He's a wonderful singer, great performer, uh, live. And we're happy to have him on once again. It's uh, Brandon Boyd. Yeah. Uh, hey, Brandon. It sounds like you guys have a lot of people in studio. <laughs> Hello? There's three of us here. That's it. Uh, some some are at home and actually can hear you and speak to you as well as we're trying to, you know, minimize the numbers. Can you hear us okay? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, there's just a bit of a delay, so we weren't sure if we, uh, we had you or not. Uh, where where are you? I assume you're at home, right, Brandon, like the rest of us? I am at home. I've actually been at home for, I think I'm going into my seventh week of, of isolation, which is... Uh, it's been very interesting. <laughs> wow. Why Why seven weeks? Why has it been uh, that length for you? Yeah, you know, I started to just, I, you know, I read a lot and I started reading about stuff starting to unfold. And uh, this was our downtime from, you know, being off tour and stuff. And 
I kind of hang out at home a lot anyway, so I figured I would just uh, take it easy. And, and, and I guess the, the term that everyone's using is uh, act with an abundance of caution. And in doing so, I ended up being kind of uh, – I was right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so you're, you're someone who obviously, you know, I consider you sort of a, a renaissance person. You have many different interests and uh, – there's a, uh, a list on your social media of books that you've been tearing through, apparently. But you're obviously also an artist. In fact, uh, at uh, one of our former stations, you did artwork for one of the CDs that we released. Yeah. And um, and so you right. you're you're good at occupying your time. So have you had an, a an artistic explosion, or uh, how is it manifesting at home? Uh, so to speak. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You are correct in saying that I, I I do spend a lot of time at home when we're not on tour, um, so uh, it's not terribly unusual for me to not leave my house for days or you know weeks on end sometimes. But yeah, you know I think the, the major difference is that I uh, learned how to cook in this past handful of weeks. Okay, now if you tell us you made banana bread, we'll be very impressed <laughs> because everybody we've spoken to has made banana bread. That's really weird that you say that because I had never attempted to bake before, uh-huh. and not two days ago, my girlfriend and I made banana bread. There you go! Oh, banana oh, bread! God. It's bringing the world together. <laughs> Dude, my mind is blown. Banana bread. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to get my wife to make banana bread. Good, I got to say it. You you it was, can't, pretty, it was pretty good, Brandon. Okay. You can't f up banana bread, and in fact, it's the one thing that requires you to let one of the elements rot a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why we started there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Hey, you know what, Brandon? I've, I have a question because you know, if you do like your downtime, and I understand that, uh, because I you remind me you're, you're a very cool guy and you're a very arty guy, which is wonderful, and not just uh, music, but but actually art and reading and we actually have this game here that that you created a while back called two doors i've got it right in front of me here and it's all your artwork um but you know people of your ilk i don't know if you caught the the story of uh jared leto a little while back he went off on this on this retreat where he was cut off from the outside world and had no idea that the coronavirus had happened (laughs) came back and was like oh my god this is going on. Now, with you being a consumer of information as well, do you think you could ever shut yourself off like that and just kind of go off into separating yourself from the world for a while? At 100% absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and if you did, where would you go? I've always, you know, the the thing, I haven't talked to Jared, but I'm assuming he went on what's called a Vipassana meditation um course where yes. it's a 10-day silent meditation yeah. and uh you don't use cell phones you don't even speak while you're there uh you basically eat sleep and meditate and evidently it's a, it's a wonderful experience and so i've always wanted to do that particular thing uh but also i do think there is some value in occasionally unplugging from uh normal life occasionally well you know? uh, Jared went on a, a 12 Hopefully day. not under like, oh, wow. Yeah, I would do that too. Yeah. You know what would be fun would be to go and do one of those kind of like uh, outward bounds type things where you go off into the forest and learn uh, how to live in the forest with nothing but like a knife and, <laughs> and a rope or something like that. <laughs> All right. Well, 
that, Rambo situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tr- meditating the Rambo way. That leads me to ask about the rest of the guys in the band. Uh, are, are they like that, or would they just say, oh, Brandon went and did this thing? I feel like they wouldn't be terribly surprised. If they <laughs> I would love to see Brandon Boyd as Rambo. That would be great. <laughs> Instead of blowing up the town, he comes back with great reading suggestions. Oh, that's great. Right, and banana bread. <laughs> and banana, banana bread. bread. <laughs> hey, um, I, I wanted to ask you about a uh, promotion you guys are doing, and it does involve your art. Uh, apparently there is a... Um, uh, I guess it's a a boombox or something like that that you've done up. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, just a promotional thing. They they wanted me to paint all over this boombox, and then people enter this raffle um, around our new EP coming out on April seventeenth, and then the winner gets that actual boombox that I hovered over and painted on i guess that, that that's all the information I <laughs> okay all right that's it that's all you need to know but but was was the boom box your idea or did they come to you and say brandon we have this idea you know <laughs> they they came to me with that one actually which and, and i was i was uh pleasantly surprised with uh how how kind of off the off the wall and creative it was so all i was right. happy to i love drawing on things so I was happy to uh, to play along. Well, well, then another piece of uh, of high art. Um, have you been watching the Tiger King series? Because you ended up in a, it was an article that uh, cast you in the role of Doc Antle, uh, and uh, I, I I wonder if you're familiar with all that. <laughs> Were you hep to that? You know, I I don't watch a ton of TV, but I I couldn't couldn't ignore the onslaught in the media any longer so i kind of finally acquiesced and i watched it and i have to say that uh not only was i completely fascinated by it but there was also something about it that was kind of terrifying in that by the end of it i was like these are real people yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. right um wow and the whole time i gotta say the entire time i watched it i was like there's something real messy about this some real messy going on here. And then by like, what was it like the sixth episode they revealed, they started talking about meth mouse and all of these crazy things. So, uh, me being cast as Doc Ansel, though, I mean, I, I, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> it could be another alter ego of yours. And I want to ask you about this because uh, on your Wikipedia, it says Brandon Boyd, also known as, and I'm not sure if you take on alter egos as you're recording albums, but uh, you're also known as the Invisible Floating Torso Man, Happy Nappy, Brandon of the Jungle, and Cornelius. Can you explain? <laughs> I, I, I'll do my best. Okay. Uh, I've been given many monikers uh, over the years, all of which were given to me by guys in the band. All right. um, I think the only one that I actually chose was Cornelius when we first when we first started our band and we started, you know, entertaining the idea of putting our names on albums. All of us thought it would be, mind you, we were 15 years old, but all of us thought it would be cool if we never put our real names on the on the albums. So for the first couple of things we put out, indie releases, I was either Cornelius or Brandon of the Jungle. Okay. Um, I don't know if I could explain it beyond that. I thought it would be cool if, if we always put aliases. I love it. We, I love- we gave that up pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask about the EP. I mentioned it's uh, it's coming out on the 17th. I want to make sure I have my information correct because... Um, I have the title as uh, Trust Fall Side B. I'm not sure if it's Trust Fall or just Trust Fall Side B. And if so, 
Um, how many songs on it, and uh, and what's the idea behind the title, or was it just a fun-sounding uh, uh, title you came up with? You are correct. It is Trust Falls Side B, and, uh, yep, it comes out on the 17th, which is <clears throat> very soon, actually, which mm-hmm. is fun. Yeah. Um, there's five songs on it, and Trust Fall Side B is the, uh, I suppose, it's either the completion of or the accompaniment to Trust Fall Side A, which came out in 2014, I think. Uh, so we always intended on uh, completing the that trust fall thing. We just never put a date on exactly when that was going to be. So um, we were writing this new music, and we figured it was finally time to kind of uh, uh, finish that thought. Okay, you could say. And and is so, it is but, it a little yeah. bit of a, of a nod to to vinyl in that you know you, you, not only did people have their their favorite albums, you had your favorite side of an album usually yeah. too. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very much so. Uh, either the album or the cassette tape. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all grew up. We all grew up in an era when you know listening to an album was an experience, and and you would either have to physically turn the album over and have the second part of your experience in the side B, or if you had one of those cool tape decks that automatically turned it over for you. Do you guys remember those? Things? Yes, oh, absolutely. I had I had a few of those. That was high tech. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a, it's a bit of a nod to to that um, experience in music. We're we very much understand that we won't be going back to that in any way, but it's yeah. sort of a uh, just kind of a you know a wink and a nod to uh, a different experience with music. Brandon, the, the mechanism of releasing music, and you know, the, we're talking obviously with the time that you're hearkening back to when there would be this. This album that would come out, and and you know, and then and then maybe uh, singles would come out. And if you going back to the days of a forty-five, there'd be sort of a a song that didn't make the album on the other side. Sometimes it'd be really cool. So it, that was sort of how ev- mm-hmm. that worked back then. Now an artist uh, and artists such as yourself and your your band can can say, okay, here's five songs in a clip. Here's three more, and 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 parse it out that way. Do you, do you believe that 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 both have their merit, or do you still long for the day where you could, you know, have a a full full throated effort to release a full album and it made an impact the way it used to, or does this way work for you? You know, I think that there's something to be said for any way that people want to experience music. Who am I to decide? You know, the format that music comes out in. Uh, I, I definitely have a preference. I, I just love making albums. I love the experience of disappearing into a studio for months at a time and then emerging with uh, a sort of completed thought or, or a, a little journey or a little universe of sorts that you can that you can pass on to people. Um, but I'm the first one to admit that uh, there are countless ways that people can experience music. So if they want to experience music one song at a time and just download singles or if they want to steal it off the internet or if they want to put their you know, sit in their car in the parking lot of the outdoor venue and just listen from there. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> right, right. There, I, I have, it's, it's my opinion that there are better ways of going about experiencing music. You know, if I was to, if I had the ability to, uh, to, to give people what I think is the best way, I would give them a pair of headphones and sit them down in front of uh, a record player and have them listen to music on vinyl and headphones with uh, 
a big old joint and uh, <laughs> a cup of coffee. Yeah, nice. Um, but that's not possible for every person. No, no, no. Um, your and I think your lyrics are very, very personal lyrics, and you know, so I, I listen to them and I hear them obviously a lot different than than you wrote them down and deliver them. And so I wanted to ask you about um, singing songs that are older and and you have you know grown your mentality has grown and you know how you know that changes over over time so you know like a song like uh earth to bella parts one and two you know how those hit you today compared to when you originally first wrote them those songs in particular i still i still resonate with quite deeply um i think that if anything, that you know, I've definitely learned a lot as I've grown up in music, and um, I've changed a lot. A lot of my sensibilities have changed. A lot of my tastes have changed. But I have to say, for the most part, uh, I'm still thrilled to sing almost all of our songs, even stuff we we wrote when we were quite young. There's really only a small handful of songs that we wrote, mostly when we were teenagers, uh, that I kind of cringe at the thought of performing just because i i listen to them now and they seem kind of dumb to me <laughs> but for the most part like i would say it, it's in like the 90 percentile i'm i'm pretty pretty proud and pretty happy of what we've done um you can't always look back on the uh the haircuts and right. the choices you made in your in your clothing styles yeah. and be a hundred percent happy with it yeah. um but i think for the most part we can be proud of what we've done. Brandon, I know, you know, you don't have a crystal ball and you can't tell what's what's going to happen in this uh, current condition that we're in with the pandemic and, and, and quarantine and so forth. But you've never shied away lyrically from uh, touching on things that are happening in the world. Do you think that this uh, what we're all going through is going to uh, motivate you artistically, lyrically? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, uh, I don't know completely how it's going to affect um, my process, I don't think any of us know how it's going to affect um, anything on a larger scale. I, I think that probably everybody has a, a felt sense that um, nothing will ever really be entirely the same as it was just a couple of months ago, mm. which is, um, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. And so time will tell for sure. Creatively, though, um, I, I have been... Uh, inspired by the the time in this relative isolation and i think that one of the amazing things about art and especially music as music relates to art um troubled times tend to produce really uh amazing transformative art and music you know what i'm saying like i think that uh some of the greatest music that we all have come to know and love and music that has really changed us all emerged during times of turmoil and um, uncertainty. So, well, looking I, looking over I, I, history, I hope for yeah, and past pandemics, they've always resulted in incredible innovations in banana bread. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think we can expect mm. a, a new golden era of banana bread. I wanted to ask you about the song "Dig." It's one of my, one of my absolute favorite songs, and I wanted to know, in in, in particular, uh, you know, we all have someone who digs at us. Was someone digging at you at that particular time when you wrote that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I suppose there were a number of <laughs> situations in my own life that were kind of doing their best to drag me down, but I found a kind of um, a solidarity in my closest 
chosen family, like my closest friends, it really was the guys in the band who I was able to lean into. Um, and they kind of inspired the lyric in that song. So, yeah. Thank you for saying so. I appreciate that. No, it's a great song. I was just wondering. I, I was like, yeah, that, I, oh, there, I, I can remember one prick in particular, but no. uh, it was just sort of a general. Uh, right. <laughs> one last thing to touch on, Brandon. You guys are scheduled to be uh, here in the Philly area, BB&T Pavilion, on August uh, 23rd. As of now, that's a go-ahead. We've seen a lot of uh, cancellations and, and uh, uh, postponements. Um, any any thoughts as of now? It's just, uh, you know, uh, forward steam ahead, and, and then we'll figure out what's going on as we get closer? That's kind of the kind of the mentality for us right now. We're, we're very much... You know, we're being sort of cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. about this summer. Um, we just, I think it was just yesterday, we had to postpone all of our May headlining dates. Yeah. Um, hopefully until the fall. So, um, you know, we're just doing what I suppose everybody else in the world is doing. We're doing what we need to, um, doing everything that we can to help slow the spread. And um, we're just... Uh, we're, we're, we would very much like to perform this summer. I'll tell you that. I I, I miss even being in the, in the rehearsal studio with the guys in the band. There's something very kind of cathartic and therapeutic about just playing loud music. So yeah. uh, I I am anxious to get out there and do it. But all that being said, we're going we're going to do what uh, what needs to be done. We don't want to endanger anybody's health. Uh, our, our fans and our crew and our own health. So we'll yeah. do what we need to do. Makes total sense. All right. Well, listen, we appreciate the time. We're going to remind people coming out on the 17th, Trust Fall Side B. We've been playing our love and uh, looking forward to hearing some new music and looking forward to seeing you guys in August, Brandon. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Have a great morning, guys. You too. All right. Brandon Boyd, hey! guys. Very cool guy. Super nice. Always been. We've encountered him a number of times throughout the years. And he's Very pleasant. Really smooth. A lot of ladies like him too. I've seen texts. Yeah, he's, he's a great, great looking dude. Yeah, he's he married to a, uh, a, a, you know, obviously she's gorgeous. But honestly, did you not freak when he said two days ago he made banana dude. bread? <laughs> it's all the rage. I mean, come the f off. We, we will forever be able to say banana bread to him, and he'll remember exactly yeah. what we're oh, talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to have to come back in a minute. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the Preston and Steve Show podcast, 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.